0: In a world where combat
1: sports changes on a dime, two men cover the happenings of it all.
0: What's up, everybody?
1: Professional Professional Wrestling.
0: Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better.
1: I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH
0: was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't
1: forget. That the only reason to be clear to begin with was because AEW very was going true, to and they were trying true. to sign him.
0: Mixed, Mixed martial arts. Arms. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people.
1: I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Alderman Sterling and Pyrrh Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor
0: looked fantastic with the
1: kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted though that there was like a second there where he was like, oh god, he might have me.
0: Do you think Payne has a chance against Manunia? The card isn't very good in
1: my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. When Gon and Lewis could potentially be really boring. Also. That's possible, definitely. Boxing. C- C- Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another, and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million.
0: I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Laugh out Laugh so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most said said the best boxers fighting this is what boxing has become the promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best they protect their own interests they protect their fighters and they never let the best fight the best and there's multiple champions in the same weight class and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts and this is what has allowed youtubers to come in and take over the sport and much much more I have them this weekend. I'm just gonna let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC.
1: Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Vikings jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English, so like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It like, absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean we just saw Andre Orlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like I... Not only that, we've
0: seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre
1: Orlovsky, we've seen Cejudo on Dynamite, we've seen Vitor Belfort
0: on Dynamite, we've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez like
1: It just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful Fightful, Jensen. Just... Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select.
0: Doug from RVD Tito for Life. <laughs> Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight straight from you, youtube.com. You hear that? Live rounds, the marksmith have arrived. have arrived.
1: You're watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Will you? Hey, everyone. We weren't able to uh, set this up ahead of time because Doug was, like, literally getting to his house, like, right now. So, uh, what's up, everyone? Steven Jensen. Doug, what's going on, dude? No, not much, man.
0: Just glad to uh, make it in time, I guess you would say. The the talent show went a little over. My daughter <laughs> had a talent show today, so um, they said it was going to end ended more like 840, so I was like, oh, gee, so... Had to try to make it home, but uh, we made it. We're good. So plenty to talk about today. Um, I know that the topics aren't maybe not necessarily the most appealing as normal, but uh, I think there's definitely conversations that we can get into about uh, future pro wrestling stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. And today's probably going to be a fairly heavy MMA discussion. I think because like there's a lot of good stuff that came out at two seventy three, and then like a lot of stuff, like for instance, like Volkanovski. Retaining the title the way that he did, and now Cerruto wanted to come back out of you know, out of retirement to fight him, and you know yeah. there's a lot that's kind of coming. And Sterling and and Jan, how close that was, and people still not respecting Sterling, and like so there's a lot of amazing stuff we can talk about. We always save that till the end of the show, um, for everyone listening uh, for the pro wrestling talk. So um, we will do we will do that. I mean, and as Doug said, there isn't like this was kind of kind of a slow week in pro wrestling, but there is. It's a big dynamite tomorrow so we got something to talk about with that um we got WWE stuff to talk about cody stuff cody and seth running it back that you know how our feelings on on them doing this match at wrestlemania backlash and kind of we're we'll probably weekly on this show we'll at least discuss to some degree how cody's looking on WWE tv because like that's right. at least one thing we're both interested in um but uh and also, we're, just uh, we're gonna have to have
0: like a Cody meter,
1: yeah. Well, I have my, I have my Cody of Bill buddies lucky, luckily, um, who will message me on Twitter to tell me when Cody's doing stuff on the screen so I can just turn on raw just for Cody and then I don't have to worry about the rest of the three hours. Um, also, before we get started, as you can see above me, I put my IdaB TV promo code, um, above us. The reason I did that is because we are looking for a new sponsor for the show. So if you're interested, or anyone you know is interested, you're information will go right where that is we'll get rid of that once we got a new sponsor so uh and thank you to unkind esports for all the help we hope to do business with them again in the future um they were great but uh we're looking for new sponsors and i figured i'd announce that right here at the top of the show for anybody who uh might be interested in getting involved right here on live rounds and we can maybe do multiple sponsors too if there's people interested so uh so yeah i just want to throw that out there too before we got started
0: yeah for sure um trying to think of like all the stuff that's happened there's been a lot of like um deaths and stuff like tragedies right like the Dwayne Haskins one and then um our running our former running backs coach died as well of cancer he was a super great guy too um I felt really uh bad about that one so yeah it's been crazy and uh you know, we never talked about this. I'm kind of curious what you think. This is going to be a little off topic. What do you think about the whole Will Smith situation?
1: Okay. So, I – this is hard. So, to preface any of this, I think the Oscars and the Academy Awards and all this stuff, like, all of it to me, I don't care about any of it. Like, to me, I it's just so, like, I'm so – be not above, but like just beyond caring about like celebrities and like looking at right. them on a pedestal. You know what I mean. So like, but I am familiar with the situation. Now I'll say this: as somebody who you just mentioned cancer, you know, um, uh, my mom, my stepmom, or sorry, my mom, my aunt, and my my grandmother all had breast cancer. You know, I've I've seen women who lose their hair and stuff like that. And if someone said that about my mom having cancer, like I'd be pretty upset about it. But right. I also you it's also to be expected isn't that what they do they go up and they like joke about everyone and like it's like it's part of the thing and then also like he's getting to i, I think you can say this word without it being a problem he's getting totally cucked by his wife and like every way yeah. shape and form like she has other boyfriends apparently and like so anyways I it's, think it's like-
0: not just that like she puts it on blast on the internet like right. she makes them have conversations about it on her show <clears throat> sorry on her show the red room and things like that so it it's not like this is like an extremely private family that is like so offended that their business got leaked right
1: right and also i from what i understand this isn't to like and if i'm incorrect about this somebody please correct me but it sounds like what she's dealing with like it isn't like cancer like it isn't like a life-threatening thing no. so it is so it it's it isn't like i mean it sucks to lose your hair i'm not saying like that you know what i mean but like It'd be different, I think, if he was like attacking someone who like was who had like a real terminal like illness that was like, you know, really fighting, you know. Right. And, and, and so the way that it came across was just, you know, Chris Rock's a comedian. He makes jokes. He's been making jokes forever. Uh, he said something about Will Smith. She seemed to laugh about it. He seemed to laugh about it. Well, oh, no, sorry. He seemed to laugh about it. She looked kind of like I didn't like that so much. But the way that he slapped her or sorry, slapped him. I'm sorry. The way that he slapped. Um, Chris Rock. It was such like a movie style, like he like right. went all the way through, and then like like the way that he like strutted back. I was like, this is a dude who is so disconnected from like what I am as a human being. Like, this guy's so in his own yeah. celebrity fantasy land, and all of these people are, by the way. So right. at the end of the day, it's one of those things where I don't think that he should have slapped him. I don't care if he's being, if he's like losing movie roles or whatever, because I just don't care about that world at all. But I also don't think this should be like a career ruiner for him. Like, I think that there should be, you know, some sort of, you know, hey, we can't all be doing this. And like, he's getting punished for it. But like, we just kind of kind of set an example here. You can't just get up and slap stand up comedians when you're at a comedy show or something. He's not like what they're saying. Um, you don't have to listen. You don't have to be there. It's part of the show. And, uh, you know what I mean? But, like, I'm seeing he's losing all these movie roles and he's, like, banned from, like, yeah. these these awards for, like, a decade and stuff. And, like, do I think he needs all that. Personally, once again, I don't care at all. But, like, I don't know if it's that big of a deal. And, by the way, Chris Rock didn't even budge. Like, Will Smith is, like, yeah. a bitch, apparently. So, like, right? that was actually the fun. Chris Rock kind of won this whole scenario just by not budging when it happened.
0: Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, I, to me, it, it, it's like everything that you think of celebrities is like, they showed you exactly what they are during that, right? Like, I am so above everyone that you cannot make fun of me. And if you make fun of me, I'm gonna walk up on stage and I'm gonna smack you in the face and I'm gonna sit in my seat. And then when I win my award, I'm going to get a standing ovation and thank God because I won my award. Like, this is the type of mentality that these people have. And then we're supposed to, like, listen to what their political opinions are and listen to how they think the world should be ran. Like, you're not even in reality. So, I mean, for me, like, I don't believe in cancel culture. I hate it. And I don't think that Will Smith should be canceled. But I also don't think you should just be able to slap somebody in the face, go sit down and have no consequences either. So it's a weird thing. I think it's also funny when it's like they act like they're like uh, holier than now. But then like because a man got slapped, it's like one of the worst incidents has ever happened in Hollywood history, which is not even close to the truth. So it's funny how they like pick and choose what is their tragedy and what is awful and what is not. And one thing I'm really getting tired of is literally every fight. Now people think it's a work. Everyone thought this thing was a work. I'm like, I know pro wrestling. Okay. This thing was not a work. (laughs) Like once he decided to scream, keep my name out your, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth, like in front of everybody, knowing he was on ABC Nostrils flaring, really pissed off. and Chris Rock is trying to like move on from the situation. It was just like obvious that this was a, a a real thing and a disaster on top of it. And then what I think is funny is I couldn't have told you who who won what, except I know Will Smith won the Oscar because he had to go back up there and get it. And I know he slapped Chris Rock. That's all I know about the Oscars. And so, like, I think the Oscars are completely irrelevant at this point. Like, before, when I was a kid, the Oscar was a big deal. It was a really big deal. And, like, they had this huge pageantry, and usually, like, Billy Crystal was the host. And it was just, like – and it was movies that were relevant. It was movies that people really cared about, and it would be, like, the top five, and people would, you know, literally stay up all night to see who won the, the best picture. And then the best actor. And then like whoever won these awards, like it elevated their careers. And now it's just like a a virtue signal event where like these holier than thou elites get together and just like show everyone that they're better than they are. Like it's like a bunch of MJFs in a room. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it's just like I can only deal with one. Okay. So yeah, yeah, it's uh it sucks. Hollywood sucks. I I personally am looking forward to watching it just burn to the ground. I don't know if you saw it. And I kind of wanted to talk about this, actually. So discuss- oh, just real quick, you-
1: before, before, before we switch, yeah, just yeah. one more thing about about, about Will Smith. I yeah, yeah. This, this is this needs to be said. This dude trained to be Muhammad Ali, right? Yeah. Like trained to be Muhammad Ali. And
0: the best he got.
1: <laughs> dude, I'm going to say this. There's going to be a lot of people that are real happy to hear me say this. CM Punk would kick Will Smith's ass. Like, yeah. that, like, like Will Smith hits, like, the entire situation has made him look like a bitch. Like, just made him look like a total bitch. Hit, yep. He hit Chris Rock like a bitch. He threw, the way he threw it, it looked like a bitch. He was so shook when he was sitting back in his seat, yelling at Chris Rock like you were saying. Like, he looked so shook. He was like, yep. between, like, the embarrassment of doing that and the embarrassment that Chris Rock didn't even flinch yeah like his hands behind his back didn't he and he like, he, like yeah. leaned into it i mean and, and I, what it looked like was chris rock thought he was gonna like whisper something in his ear or something right. you know he like leaned like, in oh like, hey will yeah yeah <laughs> so i so at the end of the day i just want to say like if there was a winner in the situation chris rock looked way cooler than will smith did but
0: yeah um, i with that yeah anyways but on. yeah, um, so the, what what I was gonna say though is I don't know if you know what's going on right now, but Discovery is buying time is bought Time Warner. The takeover is happening as we speak, and they're letting go of a lot of people. And here's an here's an example, right? So CNN, which I think is just the garbage can of news, but CNN is doing a thing called CNN Plus, right? They spent over 300 million dollars on CNN Plus. They have right now active subscribers after 2 weeks 10,000 people. They 10, are about like
1: 10,000 total people are subscribed to CNN. 10,000
0: total people are subscribed to CNN Plus and you can subscribe to CNN Plus right now for like 2 bucks. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So anyways, all this money that was spent, all this stuff um, that there's people that have like crossed over networks to go over there and all this, it is a total disaster, right? So it's very likely that CNN is about to get gutted. Like they're about to just totally wipe that place out and just stick to a new formula of how they want to present the news. But I don't think it's going to be in CNN Plus. This thing has been a disaster. But anyways... What I was going to say is, this also kind of goes down to AEW. From what I understand, the person that is going to be in charge of AEW is female. And that's fine. I'm not saying anything against that. But, like, there's been proof that in female demographics, some don't like blood as much. Some are rather see this than that or whatever. How much will that change the product? And also... Will they love pro wrestling? Like, yeah, the ratings are nice and everything for the most part. They do, like, well with the other sports stuff that they have, but they're mid mid-tier sport. They're not the NBA, right? So <clears throat> I'm just a little bit concerned about AEW's future because here's, here's the big picture of it is if they don't get a big TV contract for their next um, showing – like and WWE gets a huge TV contract then all of a sudden WWE has a ton of money to spend and AEW doesn't have that same amount of money to spend so they can't re-sign guys that they normally would and then that could get ugly so i think the biggest important thing for AEW now is to find other suitors I'm not necessarily saying that Turner won't work out but at least you got to have it out there that like they need to know that they're wanted other places so you can up the price
1: yeah i mean it's definitely always good to have options and depending on who because not like being female aside even like just anybody could you know what i mean it could be a a guy who gets that job and like just doesn't like wrestling you know what i mean like it could be anybody but i understand but but i understand what you're saying like it is proven in certain demographics certain people are going to like certain stuff more than other groups of people and stuff and you just the point is it could potentially change what's okay and what isn't okay to be on their television network right Um, because we all know
0: they like blood
1: right more also we've seen it happen on i have no idea what like the gender was of the person in charge but like when like the cw and stuff and mtv and stuff like it totally like changed to like a completely different demographic over time like you had wrestling on mtv at one point you had wrestling on the cw network and now it's like all teen dramas because their main audience is teenage girls so like um so and will that happen to AEW or turner networks or whatever i have no idea but the good thing for them not just with turner but also potentially elsewhere is there a company that's only three years old and they're doing the kind of business they are like somebody's going to want to do business with them like there's there's no there's no way that like this would put them under, like they, they will have options. No, I agree.
0: I just don't, I just think that their next contract needs to be a big one. It needs to be a big TV contract so they can afford these guys in the future. So that's my only concern, but like, I, I think they'll definitely find a home. Um, this isn't, this isn't impact wrestling, right? This isn't the same thing. This is, you know, like have some life TNA, TN, or whatever execs come in and like have them sit at double or nothing and see a sold out t-mobile arena and you know it's hard to walk away from that it's hard to
1: be like yeah we're not interested you know <laughs> but what also mean? at the end of the day like it's still the con family you know what i mean like they're right. still loaded regardless of what tv i mean obviously the tv helps tremendously with that kind of right. stuff but i mean they're still billionaires so
0: yes they'll figure well, it out you know there, there was somebody that was making the discussion of like, well, I don't think that John Moxley would go back to the WWE. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm at the point of never say never right. because one thing is, I, I think if he called the WWE right now and he was just like, look, I want to be John Moxley. Dean Ambrose is dead. I, I put in enough stock into John Moxley right now. That's who I want to be referred to.
1: I want whatever Cody got. Whatever that deal right is. I want yeah.
0: whatever Cody got. I'm going to be presented the way that I want to be presented. I will not do this, 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 or this. And if they're like, okay. And then also I'm going to give you like $4 million a year. I wouldn't say that he would turn that down. You just don't know. You know what I mean? He, he has leverage. And I think people forget that like Cody Rhodes came to the WWE with leverage. It wasn't like he was just like a guy, like just desperate for a deal. He went there he knew that he probably wasn't going to get what he wanted. And so he was more than willing to walk away. And then when they said yes, it's like, oh, okay. Well, then, I mean, I guess I can come over then. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's really a lot of what this ha- how it happened. So I wouldn't say no to Brian Danielson. I wouldn't say no to John Moxley. Like, I think anybody could jump ship, especially. Um, if they start to change philosophy, like what happens if Cody becomes just such an ultra success where they're just like, dude, we can go get another Cody. We can go keep getting more big guys from over there. You know, like I, I think Cody is a big test about how they want to handle their future.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um You know, that I, I, I agree about anyone could show up, I think. And also that Vince – Vince saw, he just sees a completely different person in Cody now, and he could, and there's other people that can do that, I think, too. Like, I think Mossley is a very good example of someone that, you know, Vince could get a whole kind of rundown of, you know, everything that he's done since leaving WWE, and he could be like, okay, you know what? This guy is a massive star. Like we, we, like we saw him as a star, but like he's a bigger star than we realized. And we'll, yeah, we'll do this. We'll do the Cody deal with him, like because they, they, we don't have to go down this rabbit hole because we've talked about it plenty. But like, they need people for Roman. So like, yep. The and then they have done such a bad job with everyone they currently have that like they can't really elevate anyone to that that's been around for a while. So the best thing they can do is take established people and just. Start having them cut the line like this if if they yeah. are perceived to be big enough stars, you know. It just you know, we we kind of saw it with AJ Styles the way that they treated him like no NXT, you know, went right into a program with Jericho, went right into a program with Roman was the WWE champion not long before he got there, um, and all that stuff. Like, but Cody, of course, different story because he was there before coming back and AEW and yeah. you know, all. But but you know, I I think that. Cody, but also Cody such a unique example of this. Like, Very. I don't know, you know, but, I, but I do think that there are plenty of people like Cody and like Moxley that are going to catch the eye of instant man again. And Vince is going to want to bring them back and give them better deals. I'm interested to see how that turns out. turns out um, for like the people who are there that have like stayed throughout this, like the yeah. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn type guys that are like a Finn Balor better like you know i don't think that they're i don't think that they would be jealous that cody's like jumping the line but they also might be like you know like we're big like like if we left right now we would like we could do the same thing and we didn't so we're kind of just like stuck where we're at but like if vince would just let us do a little bit more of what we were doing on the indies like it would probably help us a lot but he's not gonna let us do it because now we're just known as like the guys who do this for vince like they don't they're not, they have changed them so much that like now right. they're. Sami Zayn is a completely different thing than what El Generico was. You know what I mean? Like, yep. um, but yeah, you know, that all said, I, I do think that we will see more people eventually, uh, eventually come over.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And the thing like, okay, so let's talk about Cody. Um, if you're watching the WWE like guys just come across so generic And so, like, I don't want to say fake, but just, like, they're not their their real selves, right? When you watch Cody, he just comes across as authentic. He comes across as different. He doesn't seem like he has these, like, mailed-in answers. Like, if you watch that Miz TV segment, you know, Mike Mazanin is playing the Miz, and Cody Rhodes is just Cody Rhodes. You know, and, and I think that it stands out and it's like you you look at Kevin Owens, right? The guy just got done feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin and now he's upset because he believes Elias is a liar and Ezekiel is Elias and he doesn't like liars like Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens could give two craps about Ezekiel and not liking liars and all like nobody believes that you just got done like with this huge, like monumental big deal with Stone Cold and then you go there. And that's another thing with AEW, man, like they're not going to take you from like the hottest of hot and bring you down to like really cold in like a week. They usually, like, keep you pretty consistent. You know what I mean? And I hate that about the WWE. Like, it was like um, Bianca Belair, you know? She just got done feuding with Becky. And then all of a sudden, it was um, Malachi Black's wife coming out. And I'm like, this is just such a step down, you know? And it's hard to be as invested when they do stuff like that.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's really true. I mean, that's I we've both said it. Like Kevin Owens, I I have to imagine a large part of his decision making when he resigned with the WWE was them saying, "You're gonna wrestle Steve Austin, me He's agree. like, he's like, "All right, I don't care I what that, he says." Yeah, like like I, as long as I get that, like do whatever you want with me for the rest of my career. Like, there's nothing else like. If I like, if people had a bucket, if he had a bucket list of things he wanted to do in his career, like that'd probably be the top thing, like, and he gets to do it. But yep. now he's there for another three years or whatever. So, like, that's going to be a lot more of, is this Elias or Ezekiel type stuff? So.
0: Right. Like, how long is this going to go on? And then is he actually going to have like a pay per view match with him? And like, and then Seth and Cody, like, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I I knew that this was coming, but I just, I don't like it. I don't like, I don't understand the point because it's more than likely that Seth is going to win because he just can't lose twice probably. And then for what? Like you need Cody to be at his hottest to when he goes and faces Roman, if that's what they're going to do. And I mean, the story is there, right? Like they could have so many great video packages of like, Cody trying to win the big one for dusty and like all that stuff, like it build that thing up all the way to like, we talked about like SummerSlam. And I just don't see the point of having him lose to Seth Rollins. And then, you know, well, who's my next guy I'm going to feud with? Like, I don't know. You're starting to see like cracks here of like, what, what could be happening.
1: Yeah, unless Cody just like beats him again straight up, but I just which would be
0: great, but I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean it'd just be a very WWE thing. But also, I don't think Cody came into this like blindsided either. Like, I think he had to have come into this being like, okay, what am I doing at WrestleMania? What's it backlash? What's it SummerSlam? What's it like? I'm coming in with the game plan of like what this run is going to look like, so that I don't just get painted as Stardust right away and like you know right like get blindsided and you know all this was just to get me away from AEW um because people tend to I think have this mindset like Cody could have just signed again with AEW it wasn't like he got fired from the company like he could have just made a deal and just stayed there so like he has plenty he had plenty of options but yeah I uh I I would hope that he's going to win this match and then that's going to be enough to where they can build him and Roman at SummerSlam. That's in Nashville, Tennessee. And if that happens at SummerSlam, like I'm going to go to that live. I got to be there for that. But like, cool. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I, I also think with Cody and it was a dark match. So like technically it didn't really happen, but there's such a good story to tell and such a big match that could have been had between Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens also with like, Kevin Owens owing so much to Dusty, and then Owens is the one that introduced Cody to the Young Bucks when Cody left the WWE. So like, yeah, there's there's so much there, and they just did it as a dark match on Raw the night after Mania, and like hardly anybody got to see it. And it's like that could have been, I mean, it still could be, you know, they could do that story on TV. But instead, we're getting another month of of Seth Rollins and Cody, where they could have just done like Seth. They could have done Cody and KO. And that could have been WrestleMania backlash because then yeah. it keeps Owens in the main event scene after being in there with Austin and then him and Cody can tell a great story. Cody can still beat him because like people like it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt Kevin Owens to lose to Cody at that point. And then Cody is next up for Roman for the title. Like that would have all made a lot more sense to me.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, and like I said, then then you're not having just such a hot and cold, you know, it's still like right there everyone keeps their momentum. Yeah. And I think Tony does a really good job of that. That's that's one thing that I think that Tony deserves a lot of credit for is that he just he guys keep their momentum, they're protected. They don't usually get stale. And one thing that that, that honestly I think people that especially if you're a WWE fan kind of rubs them the wrong way when I say this. But, you know, we've always seen that like, oh, well, like the, uh, the, the big name guy goes to WWE and he doesn't amount to much because, you know, it's just, a, it's just a bigger pond, you know, like this small fish can't hang in the bigger pond. But honestly, for Cody Rhodes to be viewed as like a main eventer, he had to go to the WWE because he was losing that spot in AEW. And a lot of that had to do with bad decision making, like the fact that he took himself out of the title hunt immediately made him a mid Carter. And then I think mixing him with Brandy was a really bad idea. And I keep reading stuff that Brandy's like and talks with WWE, and all like I think that's a bad idea. I don't think Cody needs a faction. I don't think Cody needs his wife. I think Cody just needs to be Cody. I think if Cody, the pro wrestler, is is the money maker. Everything around that it makes things bad because whatever people think of brandy they take it out on cody and we saw that you know what i mean so i uh i just think that if they stick with the game plan of AEW, cody walks into wwe they're gonna be successful with it you know
1: yeah one and i like that he's Playing a professional wrestler Who's in the world of sports entertainment Like he's cutting promos Talking about being a wrestler And saying belt and stuff Like and Miz is correcting him Which is all by the way Like pre-generated Like you know this wasn't like Cody slipping up And like accidentally saying like This was scripted to be like this And it makes sense because the Miz is such a WWE guy That he would correct somebody To make sure that they were saying it The way they're supposed to say it there and wrestler i thought,
0: superstar
1: it's exactly and by the way i thought their back and forth was really good i thought I their match too. was solid for what it needed to be like everyone yeah. got all upset that it was going to happen that was just a match on raw like cody just yeah. needs to get some wins and the Miz is a good opponent for him and he's a credible opponent for him i mean right. it, it makes sense um so so there was all that um there was something right before that i think i was going to point out as well what what, what, did, what did you say right before that if you can remember so it's what the we just, thing? Not what? the Bianca. Th- oh no, sorry with Brandy. Um, yeah, Brandi. yeah. So I think that uh if for Brandy to go back to the WWE, because she was there before, people forget it's because she was mainly right. like just a ring announcer for WWE CW, you know, just kind of was there and didn't really do much there. Um, she would have to become a significantly better in ring wrestler for this to work for her, and if she was to go back because or and or they'd have to turn cody heel before with like with her like if if it's gonna be the two of them they gotta expect to get booze so like i but but for her she's in this weird position because she's like too big of a name i think because of the aew run and everyone knowing her association with cody like she's too big to be in nxt but that's where she would really should be like to learn um but she can't really do that so she'd so she's going to wrestle she'd have to be on Raw or SmackDown Raw with Cody and like she would just look so lost in a match with like a Charlotte Flair or a Becky or a Bianca or Sasha or and any of these women that are like a really high level Brandy would it should be a fish out of water in a match like that unless she unless she significantly improves but the only way to significantly improve to that degree Is she needs years more of like learning and like, I mean, she's not going to have an indie run either, which is like, you know, because she's too big of a name. Like, so it's, it's just, you're, she's in a weird spot of being too, too well-known in the wrestling world to be in developmental, but really she should be in developmental and like learn how to wrestle better. If she's going to go back to the WWE, unless once again, she's strictly Cody's manager, in which case the only way that works is if they turn Cody heel and they're together.
0: Right. And my thing is, though, is I honestly don't think Cody wants to be heel. I really don't. I think he's he's dead serious when he says he never wants to turn heel again. So I just think, though, if you're bringing in Brandy, you're turning heel. Like it's just there's no other way around it. And keep in mind, Brandy's older than Cody, I believe. So like she's no spring chicken. So for her to have to put in like a lot of work and time to get better in the ring, I just don't see it. So I, I just don't like the idea at all. I just like the idea of Cody being Cody Cody Rhodes on a on WWE, but like the AEW version, the American Nightmare, the whole night. And I think the American Nightmare will get over with the WWE fans. I mean, you can already see it. Cody Chance, you know, people are buying his merch. Um, and I think there's only going to be more and more merch coming. Like he's going to be a big seller. And like they said that he's the number two baby face in the company on Raw, Next to Bobby Lashley, he's the is number, number one, one.
1: Over yeah, he's yeah, the number one. With that, like, yeah.
0: I was reading that. I was like, no way. Like he's number one. Clearly, Lashley's feuded
1: with case. Omos. Like get out yeah.
0: of here. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, Omos is
1: going to win the feud. This is all about Omos at the end of the day. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but, yeah, because now right. he's with Lashley. But, right.
0: um, I, I really thought, I really thought that Omos was so bad <laughs> that when he lost. They could have let him go right then and there. Like it, it was the the experiment failed. Thank you for your time, sir. But we're we're moving yeah. on. And then they put MVP with him. Like yeah. Like how much how much time is this guy going to get? I mean, he had like over a year with AJ, and then I mean it's not a lot better. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's not going to work.
1: Long long play investment with Omos. but with, but oh, also no. with but but also but also with Cody. He, I think he really wants to, to, to it's to your point about him wanting to be a, a baby face, a good guy. Like, I think he really wants to be the John Cena for the WWE while he's there. Because, like, Roman's yeah. the the bad guy. He isn't in that yeah. role. They need someone for that role. John Cena isn't there. Cody is the one finding the kids in the audience, kissing the belt, giving it to him in the front row. Like, I've seen a lot of cool videos already since he's been back of, like, the kids who are getting the belts from him and stuff. And guess what? They're not throwing the belts back at him in the ring. Like, these are people who appreciate <laughs> Cody. You know what I mean? Like, this, is, yeah. this isn't this is these jerk fans. Like, I'm an AEW dude. My background on my phone is still all – I don't want to cover that up, but you can see it's still the AEW logo. Like, I'm AEW through and through. I got a Brody Lee action figure behind me right now. My friend uh, Matt from Russell Rumble gave that to me. Shout out to Matt. Um, AEW, man. Love it. Best company in the world. But, like, you know – a lot of those fans, y'all, a big part of the reason Cody left. And it's because yeah. of things like throwing the belt back at him. Like, yeah. the, like these little kids are, he's going to make their entire life by handing them these belts. Like, so, yeah. and, I, so I, and I think Cody wants to be that guy. Like, even if it's just for three or five years or whatever, like, yeah. he wants to put the company on his back and be the John Cena. hes He's only 35 still or whatever. I mean, like, he's 35 or 36. Like, if he stays healthy and he wants to keep doing it, he can go into his early 40s and be be the top guy. He's better now than he was in his 20s. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I mean what
0: what I like what I appreciate is that all of his hard work didn't just get thrown away. Like it's like no, we accept you for what you are. We realize that you became a way bigger star after you left. So, we're giving you clean slate here. You can be Cody Rhodes from that world and just come here. And that's that's huge because I don't think it will work the other way around. So, well, it's funny
1: because they're not even doing it within their own company. What's like they're like, they're if they get that if that's another interesting thing to, to look at is like they're if they keep taking people from the outside, if they go back to like finding people like Cody, if they can get other big stars with established names, they bring them over as is, no NXT, no name change every wrestler going from NXT UK to NXT or to or SmackDown, they're all getting their names changed now. Like, you know, in their own company, they don't even trust the branding of their own, their own brands, but like, they're willing to like go outside the company and be like, there's an actual star. All right, let's bring him in. That's that guy. Like they had nothing to do with this. You know what I I mean? Like it's their, their, their developmental process is is so whack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to me, it's, like, it's very similar to Drew
1: McIntyre, but,
0: like, I think Cody is way more over than Drew McIntyre was, but, like, it's very similar, like, their vision didn't work, he goes to the Indies, blows up, gets huge, comes back, and it's like, oh, yeah, this guy, he, he's got it all, you know what I mean, so... um it's interesting it is interesting i he will say this in, though he
1: blew up in popularity and in size by the way drew McElroy, yeah for
0: sure for that. sure and so did
1: jinder mahal but like without the indie run they just kind of brought him back because he was a yeah. lot bigger
0: but anyway yeah <laughs> and then he got the title for different reasons but yeah it's it shout is out it to network yeah which it looks like now he's feuding with ricochet Said. i
1: honestly don't know i i saw him standing next to shanky have you have you that's his actual name by the way The guy's called shanky on the show and okay. he's he's like a very tall um guy who hangs out with Gender. um he they, I, I believe that the two of them and veer were once a group but veer. now veer has came to raw so right. um veer and he arrived. yeah he 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 put a uh, Dominic in the camel clutch last night and made him tap out and put him in the hospital. Yeah, I'm gonna give Veer about I'm about two months on the main roster before it just gets complete. They're just over yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I'll, yeah, well, I'll I'll say this. His run on Raw will be shorter than the six months of video packages before he showed up.
0: <laughs> six months, so terrible. <laughs> Oh man. Um, so yeah, no, uh, that might be all the WWE I can stomach for, for now, but I will say this Cody has definitely made it more relevant. And it's funny too. Like people are like, Oh, WrestleMania had all these impressions more than the Super Bowl," and blah, blah, blah. You debuted Cody Rhodes and you brought back stone cold Steve Austin to have a match that had nothing to do with what your current WWE product was like, Let's not forget those things. Those were two huge factors that got a lot of people talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, Steve Austin is still a way bigger star than anyone else that they had for either show, which is like a big part of the overall problem. But, right, um, you know. It's oh, also
0: then- like your buddy calls you and says, dude, Stone Cold's going to wrestle tonight. Like, what? Yeah, yes. You know, like. You could call somebody that hasn't watched wrestling in 15 years and be like Stone Cold's wrestling tonight. And they're like, how much is Peacock? Five bucks. Okay, cool. I'm going to watch it. You know, like it's, yeah. it, it, of course it had impressions. Of course people were, were taken by it. But like mm-hmm. I said, I'd be very curious to see what they do with Rock and Roman if that happens because that'll be a, that'll be a big match.
1: And even like Stone Cold is still such like a star in like, the, from like that whole era just being like pop culture and everything he's such a massive celebrity really and like those same people were probably like oh cool like who's he wrestling kevin owens oh, i've never heard of that guy but like it's steve awesome i'm still gonna watch yeah. it like they don't they don't know who anyone else on the show is no, but, I agree. Um, um also really quick i'm gonna pull the First of all, if y'all if y'all Super Chats, make sure to put them up on the screen, and we'll uh, we'll read them out, we'll answer your questions, all that good stuff. Donation link in the description below as well. Works the same way. I'm going to pull up a uh, one for free real quick that needs to be addressed. PS Power dropped a new video the other day, and oh. um, my thoughts on PS Power is I want him on the show. I, I just don't know how to contact the guy, because uh, he's like impossible to find on the internet, but uh, I've told the Doug Inigma. many times. I, yeah, he is. He's an enigma. He might be might be the best most knowledgeable wrestling youtuber i've i've ever you know encountered so um no i, I i'll say this the guy is nuts um i think what that was
0: his latest video on
1: it was on wrestlemania oh, okay yeah i honestly can't remember what he liked and what he didn't but i but i really enjoy watching his videos i honestly do like i disagree with a lot of his takes because i'm obviously an AEW fan and and you know i'm not like you know, I, I'm pretty pro-intergender wrestling, like depending on the wrestlers and stuff like that. And he he really there but I like listening to him because he is entertaining and it's just it's just such a throwback seeing a guy with like the old camera, the old mic, the 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 X, the, the Destination X t shirt from like 15 years ago. Like, you know, it's, it's funny you, it's too, nostalgia.
0: Yeah, like, a lot of it too though is like presentation, right? Because like I'll listen to a guy named John Campia about movies, and I can't stand most of his views. Like, I think the guy's an idiot. But, like, there's just something about his format, how friendly he is when he's talking, and then, like, just the way that it's all set up, and it's just, like, main topic after main topic after main topic. So I usually listen to him. But, like, I don't agree with him on hardly anything. So it just depends. Like, your presentation... Can be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess, but like I, a lot of times too, I'm just looking to be informed, find out newsworthy stuff, but like I don't always want your opinion on things, but it just is what it is. But yeah, there's certain people that just, you know, you might not uh, necessarily agree with everything they say, but it's how they present it is is what works.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Jim Cornette's the same kind of way. Like, I disagree with a lot of the stuff that he says, but like, I'm entertained hearing him give his point of view about wrestling. And he, and he, he, you know, regardless of how much I might disagree with him, he 100% unquestionably has more than earned the right to have an opinion on wrestling. Like, yeah. you know, like all these newer fans, like, you know, they don't know the history and, and everything. They like, oh this guy cancel this guy because he did this and that and the other and it's like you're gonna say you know more about wrestling than jim Cornette does like really like me right. like me and you don't sitting you know here i mean though. like who who can i that guy that guy's forgot more about wrestling than i'll ever known and you all i've done is watch wrestling for like the last 30 years you know what i mean and i'm not even yeah you know, we close um you know so like even if i disagree with him he's more than allowed to have his opinion on it and everybody this goes for so many things if you're not a fan, no one's forcing you to watch it. There's so many other so many other people you can listen to that that have opinions that you'll agree with. Like yeah. I I like, I like getting the the whole spectrum. The people I completely disagree with, all the way to the people that I fully agree with and everything in between. I I'm interested to hear people's points of views.
0: Yeah, no um don't the one that drives me crazy are like his thoughts on like the young bucks or Kevin Owens yeah. because I know Omega. that that's that's of spite. That is not his actual – there's no way you can tell me the Young Bucks suck. Like, I understand you're not happy with some of the things they do, but you can't deny how many great matches they've had. Like, you know that, like, even when, you know, he has to review FTR versus the Young Bucks too that just happened. Like, you know that he just doesn't want to give the Young Bucks any credit. But, like, the Young Bucks are amazing.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, you know – like the Rock and Roll Express, for instance, like he'll he'll talk about them all day, as he should, right. I mean, for 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 their era and how long they were around. And I mean, ultra over tag team, great wrestlers, especially Ricky Morton. Um, and Margaret Gibson was great as well, but Ricky Morton was like real special. And like they were, they were really, they were a great team for a long time, and they're still out there doing it to this day. I mean, yeah, all credit to them. But like, does Jim Cornette think that like if if those two guys weren't younger? that, like, they wouldn't be trying to do the kind of stuff the Young Bucks are doing, like, that, like because they were the high flyers of, like, that era, which was, like, drop kicks and, like, going off the top rope for, like, a crossbody sometimes. Like, if the sport had evolved to that, to that, to what it is now, then Gibson and Morton would be the ones doing, st- you know, the crazy moves, because, like, they would have won, you know what I mean? there's like, people, people didn't know the stuff the Young Bucks were doing was even possible then. You know, it just, the, the, the game has changed. Um, I'm not discrediting discrediting the the rock and roll, by the way. It's just different eras.
0: Well, and he loves FTR and the Briscoes, right? I mean, and everybody pretty much agrees that's match of the year so far. But, like, you can't have everybody like FTR and the Briscoes. There needs to be a mixed bag of a bunch of things. And Styles make fights and there's clashes. Like, it doesn't have to be. I'm not the biggest fan of, like, the really over-the-top comedy. Like, dan housing cursing people and all that stuff like that's not no it's not my biggest thing but like i understand that it has a certain audience and i get that um so it is what it is but you cornet i mean like i said he's earned a right to have his opinion it's up to you if you want to listen to it or not or if you want to even like give it like validity but at the end of the day like I I will listen to pretty much anyone that I respect their opinion. Like, like Dave Meltzer, for example. I mean, <clears throat> I think that Dave definitely has his favorites. I think he rates his favorites higher than the others. I don't think everything is a fair chance. Like, to me, Cody and Seth, I think, should have got five stars. He didn't want to do that, you know? Um, I think he's never given Seth Rollins a five-star rating in his entire career. Like, that's even as Tyler Black. Yeah, that's crazy to me. So, you know, he he has his favorites. um, But to me, it's like if Dave Meltzer is sitting there talking to Brian Alvarez or whatever, and he says, like, I heard that match was incredible, or he does say that match is incredible, it's definitely going to make me look into the match just because I respect his opinion.
1: Yeah, for sure. And also like they have Mike Sempervivi on there a lot too, who yep. like has more of like an indie pulse also. And like they'll he'll bring up people and stuff that like, you know, I I like I like everyone over there. But at the same time, yeah, it's it's really like Dave's also some of the it's funny because like you can tell Alvarez a lot of the time, like you can tell Dave's going down like a rabbit hole and he'll keep trying to like like stop. Like, come on, dude. Like like or, like not like what you're saying is kind of nuts. But but here's the thing about Dave Meltzer. If Dave Meltzer doesn't exist, wrestling media might not exist, at least not the way that it is. I mean, Meltzer right. is so important. And people need to stop giving so much. Like, give validity to the five-star rating system that he has or seven-star, whatever rating system it is at this point. Like, give validity to it if you're a fan of his and you want to know what he likes. But don't use that as, like, the Bible or the gospel or whatever of, like, agreeing or disagreeing on if a match is good or not just based on dave melcher's opinion of it like that's one person who's watched wrestling for forever and he, once again another guy who has every right in the world to have whatever opinion he wants on any match or or anything in the world of wrestling he has more than earned it he's paved the way for like sean ross app like everybody like the Meltzer paved the way for all these people that are like at the top of the game now and right. Meltzer, you know um so but, I, but I think like, it's funny
0: Stone Cold and Kevin Owens, like, three and a quarter star. Right. But that match is, like, priceless. It doesn't... So, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not... Everything is just about ratings. And, like, it only is valid if it has this good of a rating or whatever, you know? Like, there's different... Like, some people view Hogan and Rock as the greatest match of all time just because of, like, all the things that were mixed into it at one, you know? The crowd, the storyline going in, like, the whole nine. So it just depends on why you enjoy wrestling what you like and and all that
1: like honestly like the rock and hogan might be my favorite wrestlemania match of all time if not it's yeah. like way up there and it's one of the worst like just like move for move and stuff it's like such a basic match but it's the moment of it like you can give that match 3 stars or whatever for like the in ring product but like that is a 5 out of 5 for like the moment that it created like,
0: Like, yep. you know, so. And it's remembered like people that were there or whatever, like it's one of the greatest moments in WrestleMania history. Like it, that's what I'm saying. So not everything has to be this five star classic or whatever, but um, you can get lost into the, uh, the lure of just only watching wrestling for ring work or whatever, but there's other reasons why wrestling very, and I'll say this too, like Dave usually crafts all over GCW, but like those guys that have the matches in GCW could have the same match in PWG and Dave would rate it extremely higher. Like that's just the way that he, he does things.
1: Yeah, it's very true. I saw we got a super chat as well.
0: Yep, from Kogan. Appreciate it, Kogan. Um, thoughts on the announcement of the WW UK pay-per-view in Wales for September. Do you think this could mean WrestleMania comes to Wembley in the near future? Um, I think it's awesome. I do think, though, that this is the same weekend as All Out, so it doesn't surprise me that they wanted to do something big. Um, I think that it'll the crowd will be amazing. I think it's long overdue. I think AEW needs to get to the U.K., Um, So, yeah, I think this is uh, really cool. And I would love if AEW could get to the UK to have, like, top UK wrestlers at that show against, like, the top AEW guys. And, you know, Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., guys like that, I think, would be incredible. Um, Because the WWE is just going to bring the WWE to the UK. But, like, you could actually bring UK in with AEW in the UK and have a, an amazing show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, the The crowd, um, it's going to be cool for the crowd to have that over there. Like, you know, um, but I, we'll see what, what card they bring, but I'm sure the, the energy will be pretty cool. Um, I mean, you, hopefully they can get like, Davy boy jr back and stuff like to just i mean there's (laughs) certain like there are certain people that you really would want to see on a show like that do you think that that would be like a
0: network special
1: maybe probably actually i think it would
0: be if it's going to be like all out weekend i think that they would do that
1: yeah and i think it's interesting there that if that is all out weekend which i didn't i didn't know that um but if it is then that's Once again, WWE can say all they want that they aren't like counter programming, but like they definitely are. So
0: listen, listen to the way Heyman talks about AEW, and it'll give you a good sense of what they how they really feel about AEW. Like I I remember when it was like Ariel was like, so I mean it's competition, right? And Heyman's like, oh yeah, it's (laughs) competition. So it's like. No, this is this ain't no ECW barely making it on TNN. This is for real, you know. Um, and so I guess we can go into that. One thing I want to hold on before we do that, one thing that we didn't mention that I probably would have made as a topic a cover, um, is, is something that I am extremely excited for, and that is the dream match this weekend. Of Will Ospreay versus John Moxley. I, I didn't know that weekend, was coming
1: up this weekend. Okay, gotcha. Yeah,
0: this weekend, New Japan in Chicago, sold out crowd, and uh, this is about as big of a dream match, like New Japan versus AEW type match that that I could get. Um, I think Moxley's extremely hot right now. Like Moxley's on a roll. Especially after the Wheeler Utah match, which we'll talk about, but um, Osprey, he's the man. I think he's probably gonna job, but I I'm looking forward to this match big time. I think that this could be the match that really gets Osprey in the door for AEW for more events, and I just hope that this uh, show is uh, really good. It's really good all the way across the board. Like it's like Suzuki and Ishii. And um, Jay White has a mystery opponent. And then um, I saw Wheeler Yuta's on the card. There's a bunch of people on the card. So it's going to be an awesome show. $20 on fight. So I'm telling you, and this is the thing too. Like I talked to a lot of diehard AEW fans. I've talked to a lot of people that, um, you know, watch wrestling. They don't watch New Japan, a lot of them. And they keep hearing about this Will Ospreay guy. This is your chance. Order this show. Watch Will Ospreay versus John Moxley. I think it's going to be an amazing match. And uh, I think that you'll be very, uh, very happy with Will Ospreay. Let's just say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be incredible, I'm sure. And I think Moxley will win as well. Um, but I think that like Ospreay will hit him with, <clears throat> hit him with like everything he's got. Um, yeah. And probably leave some meat on the bone to maybe run it back again at some point, too. Right. Um, what's the move that he does, like his finisher, where it's like the crazy suplex thing off his shoulders? Um, oh,
0: God. You're putting yeah. me on
1: the spot. But I, 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 I don't know. know. That
0: he doesn't really do it as much anymore. Stormbreaker. Though. Stormbreaker or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but he doesn't really do it as much anymore. He now does that, like, hidden blade with the, the back of the elbow to the head. <laughs> and then he also... um does the oz cutter so yeah but yeah, yeah. the storm breaker it's a storm breaker
1: yeah i i think that's a pretty cool move but you can't like you can't do that move to everybody like because right. of like how wild it is i like the the like the forearm that he does like the back of the head um i think it looks brutal but it's also it's just it's interesting sometimes when you see um wrestlers that that do stuff like like the young bucks like they do all these high flying moves and their finishers are like just like knees to the face or like abushi like knees to the face but he like flies all over the place Um, i'm not saying there's anything bad with that i'm just saying like it's just it's interesting and by the way this is kind of funny um word has traveled all the way to trey miguel himself that i've been talking trash about the meteora for quite a while and wow and so the reason is because i think his entire moveset's better than that move and his finisher yeah. is that now I'll give everyone a little bit of a sneak peek, but I, um, I interviewed speedball, Mike Bailey today, myself right. and Jeremy for Fightful. And one of the things that he said was, it's very important when you're finished, when you're choosing a finisher, that your coolest move is your finishing move. Like that's his yeah. thing. It's like, that's why I do the double knees to the back, like the, the, the shooting star, at yep. to the back. That's why I do the flamingo driver. Cause it's like, it's a cool move. Like nobody really does that move. Um, and the meteor to me is like dude you do all this other cool stuff match is awesome then you just like land on your knees and face plant and and it just doesn't look like it hurts at all anyways he he sent so Joel Pearl who I work with at Fightful went to an indie show and he got video footage of Trey Miguel that he sent to me of Trey explaining to me why the meteor hurts and And he's a great guy. I'm obviously I'm a Trey Miguel fan. Uh, I especially I, t- I talked about it earlier with my my mom and everyone having breast cancer and stuff. Like yeah, I know yeah, he yeah. he recently had a loss and he wears pink to the ring often and stuff like for breast cancer awareness. I'm a big Trey Miguel fan, so I just wanted to throw that out there too. Like I talk trash on that move because it's just the move itself. It isn't just him. It's it's the move. Like everyone who does that move, I don't understand why they do it because it. It looks like you're just kind of landing on someone's shoulders and then just your own knees into the ground, like it just doesn't look like it would hurt. Anyways, shout out to Trey Miguel. Um, but uh, but th- it just it just reminded me of that with like Will Osprey, where like that looks like a move that would just kill you, but he can right. also do like a triple moonsault if he wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> so. I
0: do think it's kind of smart of him though, because it's like his body doesn't necessarily allow him to do the same stuff anymore because he has gotten so much bigger. And I mean, he's he's gotten really good on the mic too. Like, I'm I'm very impressed by Will. He just keeps getting better. And this is another thing that people don't understand is I believe he has 19 five-star matches rated for, by Dave Meltzer. And that is the same amount as Kenny Omega, but like Osprey's like 28, 29 years old. And Omega, you know, he's getting up there. I think Omega is close to 38. So that just shows you that within a 10-year difference, Osprey's already tied Omega in five-star matches. So keep that in mind as well. Um, and that's really, you know, my ultimate goal is to see Osprey and Kenny Omega. I really want to see Osprey and Brian Danielson as well, but um, I I think that Osprey and Kenny Omega have unfinished business. And I think there's a really good story to tell there. So my biggest hope is that they kill it in new Japan on Saturday and then um Tony Khan's like okay we definitely need to use this guy more
1: in AEW and boom you know what I mean or just like put the entire ROH brand on him this will be like right like he's there the wave honor champion like and yep, everyone just and he wrestles everybody um Jonathan Grisham see...
0: versus Will Ospreay let's do it I want to see Ninja Mac versus Ospreay i would love that especially yeah. if it was like old school osprey that's like only like 180 pounds or whatever
1: <laughs> yeah um but yeah for I, those I, of you who might have missed it years ago i always recommend people check out the matches that osprey and ricochet had they're very choreographed but it's like yep. stuff like i've never seen anybody else be able to do it's really yep. cool. they've had they've had some great matches
0: I mean, honestly, uh Osprey versus Marty Scroll has been amazing. Osprey versus Zack Saber Jr. has been amazing. Osprey versus Okada is really good. I think Osprey versus Ibushi has kind of been disappointing, honestly. Osprey's actually wrestling um Tanahashi soon at Sengoku. So that should be um or to go to or whatever they call that. So that should be a really good match as well. So um yeah, he's uh He's a beast, man. I love that guy. And uh, it seems like things are getting better around Japan area to where restrictions are getting lifted and guys can start traveling more. As you can see that Chris Dickinson just signed with New Japan and he said the same thing. So hopefully uh, the G1, you know, the big tournaments, you can really stack those things out with uh, some huge names. I think that'd be really cool.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, because you know, guys like Danielson and Mox and stuff want to do that type of stuff, which would be just great. Um, and uh, there was one more thing I was going to say about New Japan. Oh, yeah, Dickinson. Um, that's great for him, like, and he can still work GCW. Yeah. Uh, basically, it just sounds like he had like if, it, if he's in Japan, it has to be New Japan, but anywhere else, he's free to keep taking bookings wherever. So um, I still think there's a chance that he could become GCW champion. Cause I really think that he's like the next guy up, but I'm also really leaning more and more towards Janella. like by the day also every, every GCW show wow. that happens, I'm like, you know what Janella beating Moxley, they have the history from AEW too, having like the lights out match and stuff. Yeah, like, that's if, true. Like if Janella beat Moxley, and especially because of like the whole him leaving AEW and like he can beat an AEW guy to win the GCW championship and like give the middle finger to AEW in, in the process. Like I think that's that might be their best option Um, if I'm being honest. But I know do you, you think, I know, honestly,
0: like, do you think with AJ Gray, like they're worried about putting the title on him just because he's kind of a, a wild man? I don't
1: know. GCW is kind of. I mean, that's kind of their brand, though. You know. No, I agree,
0: um, but but I do think he's a little bit more of a loose cannon that would be somewhat difficult to to know if he's going to be like not do something that's going to get them in trouble or whatever. You know, Joey's coming off of just being off of off of AEW. I'm not saying Joey's the most professional guy in the world, but I'm just saying that to me they had the opportunity if they were going to make aj gray champion they would have done it that that spring break and they chose not to so i'm just trying to think of reasons why they didn't go that route
1: yeah i i honestly like because i feel the same way but i uh like i think because there was also some like internet stuff around that time but i also think that if i think if let me put it this way: I think if if AJ was like an actual like liability to GCW in any way, shape, or form, like he wouldn't have even been in the match with Moxley. You know what I yeah. mean? They would have changed no. course, and he wouldn't even been there. I I think that it's. I also have to look at it this way: the only guy they've ever given an actual contract to is Nick Gage, and like with that history, and like you Google that name, and like you know what I mean? Like I don't think that they're that concerned about aj gray saying a bunch of crazy stuff on twitter all the time and posting the stuff yeah. that he posts and you know kind of being out there doing whatever he does because at the end of the day he shows up to the shows he's supposed to be on he knocks out of the park every time entrance is great matches are great um and he can it's 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 kind of like a dennis rodman type situation almost yeah where it's like you know he's good at what he does just let him do him outside of the ring as long as he's right. showing up and doing this thing when he's supposed to who really cares what he's doing you
0: know right yeah it's not that i care i just was wondering like
1: man, you know i'm saying that, i think that that's of how like... brent looks at it it's like right, i don't right. think he cares yeah i yeah. just
0: think that it's like it was the perfect opportunity to do it and they chose not to so i'm just a little confused on what and unless like you said that they just have plans for joey to win it and then it you know that kind of makes sense and it is interesting right because man The more that I watch GCW, the more it feels more like a PWG is starting to happen. Like, you know, you're getting like Suzuki versus Mike Bailey. Like that was not a typical like GCW match. That is that was a PWG type match that you would get. You're getting some of like the best indie workers coming together now and facing each other. So I I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying I really like it, but. It does seem like they're transitioning more away from that deathmatch style grunginess and and kind of upgrading the roster or the shows and really putting on like mega indie shows.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's also it'll be interesting to see how what direction they go because they so much of their audience still is deathmatch fans that yeah. like so I I like how they do still sprinkle in a couple deathmatches per show usually. Um, but i think i think they do just as well if they were doing no death matches on certain shows and then just loading stuff like planet death and like the the terminus survival and all that stuff and just doing like you can still do the same amount of death matches a month or whatever just have like death match shows and then your shows where maybe occasionally there's a death match on it because like a feud has gotten to a point that's like just to where like it has to happen or something like, like hell in the cell used to be back in the day. Like it, it, there's nowhere else to go. We got to create this new thing. It's Hell in the Cell yeah. like may, maybe some of that kind of stuff. And then otherwise it's just, you know, but I, I like the way they're currently doing it. Cause I do like having a couple death matches in there, but they also, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Cause they are upping their production quality, like the quality of it. They haven't had nearly as many like audio technical difficulty issues and stuff throughout the shows. And they are bringing in a lot of like really high level in ring workers, which they've always done, but they, but GCW used to be mainly deathmatch type stuff. And now that's kind of like you got the ultra violent championship, and then you have some death matches here or there because i don't even really consider like most of what the sgc and stuff does death matches it's more kind of like hardcore no, wrestling hardcore yep. yeah but like the <laughs> but that's, it, that's like what i was match. saying too yeah. like
0: the way that they did spring break it was kind of weird because honestly aj gray and john moxley kind of gave you that death match feel and then they had like an extreme death match afterwards but it was like you were almost just satisfied with what you got from Moxley and Grey that it just felt like it was way over the top when they got to by the time they got to Kelowna Colonel Murdoch. So that's that's where I was at like if you look at the AJ Grey I mean like there's barbed wire there's there's doors there's ladders there's uh DDTs on uh, light tubes like it it was much more of like your hardcore mixed with some deathmatch stuff in it, you know
1: yeah yeah for sure but i'm with you on the whole aj like thinking he was going to be the champion going coming out of spring break like but once again then i started really thinking like that's why my mind was going more and more towards dickinson because i'm like if they're not going to go to aj dickinson seems to be like he's coming off injury Starboy charlie still isn't back and they were doing a tag team thing before like he's been in that spot ready to be the gcw champion for a long time now like it kind of it almost be like a uh like an award, like an achievement award almost, where it's like, dude, you've been putting, you've put so much into this over the years that like you, like we got to get you this title belt. But yeah. the story for Janela is like, that's an interesting story that can play out, especially depending on how he beats has he, season. Has he ever
0: been champion, GCW champion?
1: I don't think so. Let me look at their, let me look at their whole list. Of, Cause their first champion was Tremont. That was like a long, right. that was a long time ago. I can't remember who beat him for the title uh gcw world championship i want to say did he
0: ever give a reason why he didn't show up to that show spring break
1: why oh uh tremont i honestly have no idea no idea he hasn't been in gcw since right i'm sorry ktb was the first gcw champion that's right when they they switched from jcw to gcw well what was what what was that he's he was he hasn't been with gcw since that show right i don't know no he hasn't no yeah so um I'm good and no janelle has not won the title we have uh that's right it was wow yeah so it was ktb this so they initially it was the jcw championship when they rebranded in 2016 uh kyle the beast ktb won it and then matt tremont won it from him nick gage won it from him aj gray won it from nick gage and then lost it right away to rsp then nick gage matt Cardona, and john moxley so
0: very that's short wild. list that's wild that's not a long list at all.
1: No one. Well, I mean, like Gage's uh, title run went from December of 17 to December of 19. So, I mean, he had a full two years with uh, the first time he had the title. So, but
0: you see what I'm saying now, like where it's
1: like Cardona,
0: Mickey James, uh, Jeff Jarrett, Suzuki, you know, and then you're mi- mixing in like Mike Bailey and Jonathan Gresham. And, you know, like it's just. It's become so loaded, Bandito, and I mean, it just like you name it; these guys just keep popping up, and it's becoming like dream match after dream match.
1: And then they're like forming the next generation too, who aren't really necessarily death match guys like Dante Leone and Ninja Mac yep. and Jack Cartwheel, and like these guys. Like, can they do death matches? Sure. Like any, right. all of them could do death matches if they wanted to, but like they're not building their name off of that. So, like, right. You know Cole Radrick's an interesting case because he's diving more and more into the deathmatch wrestling, which has yeah. been interesting. Because he, it, it's him and John Wayne Murdoch later this month for the ultraviolet Championship. That's Lord gonna be nuts. Us. Um, is
0: that a GCW show? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whew. That John Wayne Murdoch is
1: an absolute nutcase. He's great. in the the story with colognes. Interesting too, because he he screwed his arm up so bad that like he's just tapping out to arm bars now and like it, it happened and it happened to john Wayne murdoch it happened the next day i can't remember who he lost to but it was also i think it was kevin giza also by arm bar um but uh but yeah john Wayne murdoch is a, is a psycho like that dude psycho yeah like it, for for years i considered him to be like the top deathmatch guy on like the IWTV scene because like he wasn't really there was he was in gcw years ago and like but then like he just recently came back to gcw and but while he was gone he was like the main deathmatch dude uh, him and reed bentley like big time like we're and then like a hero on the come up and stuff but we're seeing more and more like his IWTV deathmatch guys in gcw now and that's what that whole kind of john wayne murdoch and uh and Alice Cologne thing was, was like Murdoch being kind of like an outsider coming back in and uh, actually making him tap out, which like my, my brother, my brother calls, uh calls Cologne scrappy do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's like the little, little guy who like never stays down.
0: I um, love, I love Cologne. Cause he comes out to the power of love by Tupac from the above the rim soundtrack. Yeah. I give him respect for that. Cause yeah, he, I jerseys, he's a wild man too. Like he right off the bat, he just busts the light tube over his head. I'm just like, man, okay, here we go.
1: Yeah. It's <clears> funny. <throat> Cause they, he, he's also one of those guys that like during the match at a certain point, the light tubes just become like, you've used so many of them. They're like, what the hell would just be like, like, It'll be like in between moves. I'll just like pick up a light tube, and like kind of hit a guy over the head with it, like while they're like setting up moves, just to keep picking up light tubes and just keep hitting people in the head with them. Oh yeah, man. yeah, wild. Stuff. So let's
0: talk about AEW. Um, Stack show tomorrow, man. Like, and that place is dope because that is at the. Um, what is that place called? God dang it! It's in the New Orleans. Um, it's like Lake lakefront maybe i don't know but it's in new orleans and uh, it was the same place where they did the roh supercard of honor show of omega versus um cody and that was uh like their biggest ever attendance that they ever did um until like the madison square garden show or whatever lakefront arena i think it's called um but it's a nice it's a pretty cool venue and uh they should have a good good crowd to that show. So it should definitely be something to do. And we're already getting Samoa Joe versus Suzuki. Like, that is crazy. Like, Samoa Joe went from like, oh, I'm not sure if he's going to be wrestling much anymore <laughs> to just like boom, 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 boom. So um, it seems like he is really, uh, really into um, coming back. And uh, I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah, no, he really, he's really jumping, jumping right in, like, yeah. That's like, hilarious. from a guy
0: that we were worried about, like, concussion, his health, can he medically get cleared, to, like, I'm going to face Suzuki. Okay, sure, you know? And I don't yeah. know how long that match is going to be, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And then CM Punk versus Penta, like, Really, yeah, right in Punk's face. Um, that's a wild one. And then, from what I understand, yeah, calm down there, Stephen. From what I understand, <laughs> they're gonna do a 30 minute overrun, so Dynamite's supposed to be two and a half hours.
1: Isn't Battle for the Belts this weekend too?
0: Yeah, which. So far, it's just been Nyla Rose versus Thunder Rosa. They better put something else on there because that's not really getting me all that excited. Yeah. But the Adam Page versus Adam Cole Texas Death Match makes me want to drive to Dallas because
1: Wait, that's happening on Dynamite, though, right? No, Rampage. Rampage. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's live. That's right. And then they're taping Battle of the Belts. And then that'll be on the following day, I believe. Gotcha. So it's right. That's it's, I was getting my, my week screwed up. So this Friday rampage is page in, in Cole. And then the next night is the taped uh, yes. battle. Belt. Gotcha. Um, let's throw a prediction out there. I think Samoa beats Suzuki to win the TV title tomorrow. Yeah,
0: that, that makes sense. Um, i just can't see joe losing right like he's got all the momentum um ideally for you like we've kind of talked about cm punk and cm punk actually will probably become champion what is your ideal outlook for joe
1: honestly just having matches like having rematches with people that we haven't got to see him wrestle in a long time like yeah. So like, like CM Punk and like Brian Danielson and stuff like that. um, But then also of course, mixing it up with guys like Lee Moriarty and stuff like that. Like, I, I think that I really just seeing him out there. And, and and I think that this is the first step. Like if, if he becomes the TV champion, I think that the TV title is eventually going to get unified with the world title. Like, I think they're going to start consolidating some of their belts that they don't really need. And I think Samoa Joe I I don't know it'll probably be Samoa Joe over Jonathan Gresham at some point for the ROH World Title and Joe might go in with the TV title it'll be some sort of winner take all like you like the TV title, um, and the World Title and maybe the Pure Title although I do like the Pure Title being its own thing um, but the TV title just isn't really needed on the show I guess at the end of the day is what I'm getting at so like. And Suzuki lost to Danielson on dynamite and stuff. Like I don't think that AEW really needs to like really protect Suzuki that much. Like the, the fans that know Suzuki know and they know what he brings to the table and know who he is. And you know. Um, so yeah, I just think Samojo wins the T V title. And eventually that gets that gets unified with the world title. I don't once again I don't know if Joe beats Gresham or Gresham beats Joe, but like I do want to see that match for the ROH world title.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's a big one. Um, I just don't know what Joe has, right? Like, can Joe go 25? Or is Joe, like, going to be this, like, six to eight minute guy and just knock people out by then and be done? Like, I, I just don't know how that's going to work. But I'm excited for him being there. I really think you got to do Joe and CM Punk at some time just for old time's sake. Absolutely. I think it has to happen. Absolutely. Or I would think it'd be really dope if they did, like, Joe and CM Punk versus the Young Bucks. I think that would be really cool. Um, There's a lot there that they could do. You know, like, even, like, just... We've never seen Joe and Darby, you know? Or, like, Joe and Sammy Guevara. Like, there's just so much that we haven't seen that they have available to them now,
1: so... But
0: it it also kind of makes sense for him to join that combat
1: club if they wanted to, you know what I mean? We talked about that last week a little too, about the idea of maybe doing him and CM Punk versus Danielson and Mox. That'd be an awesome tag team match. Yep. Um, Kingston and Joe would be good. That'd be really good. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting matchups. And speaking of the tag titles, who do you think wins tomorrow night? Like I think red dragon could very well beat uh, the Jurassic express tomorrow night for the tag titles. Cause that's how yeah. too. Yeah, it's true. Um,
0: I wouldn't even be surprised if like something fluky happens and they do the rematch for Battle at the Belts because they need another match to to go on there. Like it's not just going to be Nyla and Thunder. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if something fluky happens and they do a rematch there and then they win or something like that. I don't know, but um, it's, it's hard to process because like I said, you have that I hate to say WWE mindset, but it's like, oh, it's just a dynamite, or it's just, but no, like
1: titles change on dynamite,
0: so it could it could happen. I um, think it's a good it way was... to
1: sell battle of the belts too, like new champions, Red Dragon has to defend their titles like this right. weekend, like you know,
0: yeah, something like that, and maybe that's why they haven't promoted anything else because they have to wait for this match to happen before they do anything else. So yeah, I think it is likely that they're actually going to win. And I'm I'm all for it. I love Red Dragon. I've always loved Red Dragon.
1: Yeah. I I'm right there with you. Um, let's get a couple of the super chats real quick.
0: Nah. Michael, this is one has to make you think. Um, appreciate the super chat, Michael. What are your guys' top 5 theme song interests of all time in pro wrestling? Um I, one is Voodoo Child Hulk Hogan. That's just like I mean when the when the when when you heard the very beginning of that song, you're just like, oh, it's on. You know, Hollywood's coming, you know? Yeah. Um, that was a big one for me. Uh one one that I really loved was Alistair Black's NXT one. I yeah. I thought that was sick. That would be and undisputed eras NXT was really good too. Yeah. What are some that come to your mind?
1: Uh, NWO for sure. Like the original with Hogan yeah. Hall and Nash, and then also the Wolfpack. To be honest, like I thought, like especially for the time, like in like the way that the group was like presented as like being like hip and everything, like they yeah, like they wear like the bandanas on their heads yep. and stuff, like yeah, like I thought it was a it was perfect. Um, so I was a big fan of of that stuff. Um <laughs> I current day I I talk about it a lot, but I love AJ Gray's entrance with Walk a Flock of Flame, Oh, let's do it. Like I think that's great. I really like Biff Busick's uh entrance as well, uh, Bro him, I think is real it's like the whole crowd can you know, oh, oh, oh and everybody's like doing the song with him and you know, you got them one up and stuff. Um, but uh trying to think of uh I mean there's there's plenty of them that I've I've really liked over time. Uh, what what other ones do you have? I'll, I'll come up with a couple more. I right mean, on. Nick
0: Gage's one's pretty incredible. Like when that when that bell rings, it's like pff, forget it. The place goes nuts. Um, trying to think of like current ones, or just I I loved Kevin Owen Kevin Steen's ROH theme. Kevin yeah, Steen's ROH um, theme.
1: Unsettling differences or something like yeah, that. It was like it's freaking awesome. Like, you're in the way. Yep. Was rap, yeah not
0: yeah, I was fired oh, up after that because he to usually closed the show thing. too and I was like ready to
1: run through a wall. I used to I used to listen to that song when I worked out. Like I used to have that on my yeah. playlist of like when I'd hit like the punching bag and stuff. Yeah, that yep. unsettling difference. Man, that was a good that was a great theme song. I also liked Adam Cole's old theme song yep. too. The I've got something for you song. Yep. Um amazing. Um oh The Trash Man just said that one too. Yep. Um, um, also, I like, I like uh, Cody's song Jug Kingdom" a lot too. Yeah, yeah
0: that is a good song. Brian Danielson' final countdown was incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of good ones, but those those stick out. Yeah. I also I loved the um, the SummerSlam theme song for SummerSlam two thousand two when it was. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. Like, uh, it was like, like I will fight till my final breath till there's nothing left and all that. Like, I remember like,
1: every time you take <laughs> that all down.
0: Yeah, um, that was a sick one. So there's all, like, music is so important in wrestling. Music is important in MMA. Like, music is a huge deal all the way across the board. For video packages i didn't like the roman and brock though that metallica stuff like it just if you're gonna pay metallica buy an old song that's like great instead of like this stuff that they use now like i'm not a fan and uh i i just i i wasn't a fan of that video package and i felt like it should have been like epic because they had the footage for it and it was a big time match but not a fan
1: people are dropping a lot of like uh, pay-per-view theme songs. The first pay-per-view, the first theme song I think about when I think of WWE or any pay-per-view really, it's so weird that this is the one I always think of, but I always think of big time. I think it was WrestleMania 21. Yep. where was So like, much gosh, larger gosh. than life. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, but it was so <laughs> catchy. Yeah. Like it was so yep. catchy. It got me so pumped up for the edge <laughs> versus Mick Foley that I, you know, um john cena that was one of his first wrestlemanias that he main evented that was probably that was the one that he won the world title on wasn't it because uh, he won the no. u.s title wrestlemania 20 yeah and then was that the jbl world. was that J- he jbl, JBL. WrestleMania 21 yeah but she has to beat triple h on the same yeah. show yeah that yeah. was kurt
0: Angle, Shawn michaels as well
1: yeah that was a great WrestleMania and Edge and foley that was one of my favorite wrestlemania matches ever like and i
0: believe that rob van Dam won the money in the bank as
1: well was that wrestlemania 21 or 22 for edge. 21 what well, was 21 right edge and, edge I, and I believe so all right uh, the 22
0: I, 22 was edge
1: and foley i think now i'm getting it's now, now i'm getting up because i remember
0: yeah. i remember B- watching h22
1: it used to be triple h to 22 okay that's right see so, yeah, th- those two years are like i'm i'm mashing those two years together in my brain right now um, yeah but uh, somebody on WrestleMania, WrestleMania 22. I'm going to pull this up real quick.
0: Crack Attic. That was a dope Lip Biscuit song that never got released. And I remember finding the actual version of it, like on, I don't know if it was Napster or Morpheus or whatever, but I was like so excited that I finally had it because like it was a dope song. It was for WrestleMania 19 and then it never got released. Like, how can you do that?
1: Yes. Yeah, okay, so hold on. So we're, we're all getting our years all screwed up here. I'm just gonna set the record straight. Road. That was great.
0: Um,
1: yes. Edge and Foley was WrestleMania 22. Yeah. Cena beat Triple H at WrestleMania 22. So it was okay. WrestleMania. It had to have been WrestleMania 21. So it was Batista and Triple H at 21. Which was the main event of 21. Yeah. Because early, the opener, I think, was JBL and Cena, or at least earlier in the show. I remember Cena. There. I remember seeing an open WrestleMania 20 by beating the big show for the US. That, that was the that? opener of 20. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, me, me and Doug have watched wrestling for a very long time. So the fact that we're even like pinpointing any of this should be impressive. But right, um, but I remember that that big time song. And I also remember this is an underrated one because like the DX song was so good, and X Pac song was so good. Remember yeah. the Mike Tyson version? I think it was called Fist. That yeah. was just like generation next is gonna kick your ass generation yep. and i was like yep. it was so perfect for mike tyson like being a part of it so
0: no i agree yeah that was that whole tyson run was great yeah and what's funny too is like people don't understand is like he was suspended by boxing commission at that time like it was just like <laughs> he couldn't do anything but wwf back then you know so yeah. and and then but it was it was like at his like Peak of insanity because the man had just bit off an ear. And so people were just tuning in, just be like, dude, he's about to like get involved with like Stone Cold and like what's all going on? Like, because he was such a loose cannon. So people would watch. That was a genius move by the WWE there. Lonely Road of Faith was that was was, beautiful. And then My Sacrifice, one of the dopest desire video packages that they did. There's been a lot of great stuff. Yeah. rvd one of a kind and ecw walk yeah
1: it's cool that SGCS walk now like that's a pretty cool kind of trick yeah they kept alive
0: i dare you i remember this one triple threat ray orton angle was awesome
1: yeah when leave the, title. the memories
0: alone for warrior i remember that
1: <laughs> yeah i those wwe desire videos were great like, they yeah. should do more of that kind of stuff. But they so they probably want to erase that history, actually, never mind. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like I said, when yeah. you watch those Stone Cold highlights, it's like watching night and day different stuff. Like, I'm sure they're not necessarily thrilled about that, but they're like, we got to cash in on this thing. But it was weird, though. Like, I just – I can't get over, like, how – how something so huge was, like, not, right? Like, it it was a big thing when it happened, but, like, that thing could have been gigantic if they'd have actually had him showed up week to week and, like, built the thing up and then said, announced that they were going to have one last match in in Dallas, Texas, no holds barred, I mean, I think they would have sold 100,000 tickets. And I think it would have been a huge buzz. And they just kind of were like, eh, we'll give them the match the night of. Let them know they're getting it. Like, this is
1: weird. It was. It was weird how they how they wound up doing it. But it is cool that how the way that it played out, though, where it's like, wait, they're actually, like, they are going to have a match? Like, like they're out there. They're, like, talking about it. It's like, oh, my God, this is actually going to happen. This is crazy. One, yeah. one, one more uh, theme song in Entrance that I thought was awesome and then like I've, this will be my last one but i loved the original bray wyatt and wyatt family song and entrance like yeah. with like the before they changed the song when it was like just like the actual it sounded like it was perfect for that like cult leader backwoods yeah. like vibe and then like the lantern like the 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 sheet mask and stuff behind him and like the rocking chair and stuff i just thought i thought that like that was unscrew upable. And boy, was I wrong. They totally butchered that dude. But um, that's the only thing,
0: too, that makes me like just curious to see like what he would be able to do without handcuffs. Like if they just let him be who he wants to be, like how far could he take it? How how great could he be? You know? Yeah. Um, Before I read this next Super Chat, guys, if you could, please smash that like button. It helps us out. We got to 2,000 views on our last video. That's our third video this year that's hit 2,000 views. So we really appreciate it, guys. Um, And like I said, you keep hitting that like button. It keeps feeding it. And then they keep promoting us and and we get more views. So definitely, if you can, if you're not able to submit a super chat, please smash that like button and help us out. Um, Chris Warden with Super Chat. Thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it. Evening Boys, I know this is speculation at this point, but if AEW decided to move All Out to Wrigley Field, do you think they could fill it? Because personally, I think they've outgrown the Sears Center. So I'll say this. I think they could with the right matchup and the right promotion, right? I think one thing that they would need to establish is is All Out is their Wrestlemania, they need to have something to say, like, this is the one. If you're not able to go to any of the other AEW shows, like, this is the one you you book a trip on. This is the one you, you know, buy plane tickets for. You book the hotel. This is the one you want to go to. You also bring in a big ROH show, right? Bring in a big ROH show. I would even let GCW piggyback on this thing. GCW come to town. Like make this pretty much, and then, you know, if if they're doing a fan fest for AEW, maybe Conrad throws in the star cast and brings in other like notable wrestling names that can come in, and and then I think you're really cooking with grease here, you know what I mean? So, I also think the match is important, right? And to me, if you were going to sell out Wrigley Field. The biggest match possible in AEW, in my opinion, is CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. Now, if Kenny Omega is not able to do that match, then I think it's either CM Punk versus Brian Danielson or it's CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. I think that those would be your biggest matches possible that you could do that would possibly sell out something like Wrigley Field.
1: Yeah, I, I think those are both great options. I think... I honestly think that they would sell at Wrigley Field, like, like I don't think they would even need a match to that magnitude to sell at Wrigley Wrigley Field, but it, but that would like, that would get it done, I think, as well. Like, right. I, I like, I, like, I, just based on how well they do in that market, like already, I just think yeah. that the buzz is already there. So, like, I think if I think if they knew that that Wrigley was getting AEW, that that it would do really really well, just because the the brand is proven there um but if you put something like i mean obviously you would want cm punk to main event like that's a complete no-brainer in chicago like you for sure main event cm punk at wrigley field i mean the guy does he goes to the cubs games and sings take me out to the ball game on the the pa and stuff like you definitely have cm punk as a main event and then yeah there's a lot of good options and i think you probably named some of the best ones there um you know and even uh, depending on when, when they did it, like I do think they will run back MJF and CM Punk three at some point. And that's yeah. another that's another big one that I think uh, and that's another feather in the cap of MJF if he can be like the main event of something like that and you know can take a lot of the credit for the success of it. But it those are all they're all can't miss options. You could have CM Punk wrestle a broomstick probably in the main event at Wrigley Field and people would people would go, you know, like yeah. So
0: yeah, no, I, I I just, I'm curious because I do think that whatever you decide, your headliner needs to be a huge part of what that is. But I mean, like, if you looked it all out, right, like, people bought tickets. They bought tickets for an AEW pay-per-view at the end of the day. But then it was like really CM Punk versus Darby Allin became like the money match that people really were there for. And Christian and Omega was just kind of like, you know, that's cool. I'll watch it, you know, but I'm, I'm buying my ticket to see CM Punk versus Darby Allen. But then they also got the debut of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson and and all that. So, um, I, I just think like, look, at the end of the day, in my opinion, any AEW pay-per-view is can't miss. Like, these are not just like, Oh, you know, maybe like, no, they're going to be incredible shows. You should definitely go to them. But, I do think they need to make a mania type show. And if they do do a mania type show, then I do think that like a stadium, if you booked a stadium, it's, it's basically sending out the signal to the fans. Like this is different. This is the big one. You know, this is the one you want to go to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Like I, I, I do like currently that all four of their pay per views a year all feel kind of like WrestleMania, but like it wouldn't be a bad idea to like single one of those four out as like the because I mean it worked well for WWE in their in their early stages too for sure with like yeah WrestleMania was the big one everyone knew that but like if the Royal Rumble is more your thing that's the lead up to WrestleMania and like the Royal Rumble match and it had its own identity and but it but it had consequences that that culminated at WrestleMania. And then you had survivor series and SummerSlam, and you knew that those weren't quite wrestlemania but they were like way bigger than raw so i uh yeah however they want to do it i i, I don't think there's any harm in making one of your three shows like the big because I, I think that's a cool way to be able to market it too is like if if you can't make it out to anything else like this is the one you got to go to like you you've got to go to all four like all four are going to be incredible shows but we're making sure that all out is like that's you can you can count on that to be the one that's going to have surprises, the the five star matches, just stack hard, so on and so forth. So,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and and I just think also, like I said, wrestling fans are kind of programmed to pick like the one big show they need to go to, right? They know WrestleMania is that every single year, and if you're a big fan, I mean WrestleMania like. If you go to the last like ten WrestleManias, and you go to WrestleCon, you go to all the, like the indie shows, you do WrestleMania, whatever, and like this is like before pandemic or anything like that. Like if you go to all that, imagine everything that you've seen, right? Imagine every all the people you've met and all the things. Like that's why people go every year because it's like you can cross off so many things off that list because you went to WrestleMania weekend. And and I also think there's a certain part of it too where it's like if you treat it like it's a big deal, then people will look at it like it's a big deal. Just like Arthur Ashe, right? Like yeah. we knew that by because of Arthur Ashe, they were probably going to give us Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega, and that's exactly what they did. So, it, it, to me, like I said, you book that you you do the stadium at Wrigley Field or whatever you bring in a huge match at the main event, like people, people will go. I don't think they'll have problems selling tickets.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally agree.
0: So how did you think about uh Wheeler universe versus Moxley? Like I loved, and this is what I say all the time. Guys don't have to win to get over. It. Yep. Like it's about how you book it. And it was like, nobody's complaining. The fact that like, oh, well, like, Wheeler just keeps losing. Like, he lost to Brian Danielson, he lost to Moxley. Like, they're just jobbing him out. No, people aren't saying that because he looked extremely credible in defeat. And he earned everyone's respect. And it was like, that's the wheeler Yuta that I expected when he first debuted in AEW. I was super pumped for him because I was just starting to go to shows when he was getting his chance to go to AEW. And then they put him with the best friends, and it was just kind of like, I guess, whatever. It doesn't really fit, but I mean, hey, he's getting a shot. That's cool, I guess. But then for him to get like that opportunity with Moxley on a rampage and just like go and kill it in blood and just like kicking out of finishers, and he just looked like a million bucks, and uh, now he's won the ROH Pure title as well. Like. Immediately after that match, everybody's talking about him as a pillar. You know what I mean? And he is a pillar. Like, And, and what was funny is, is I remember people knew the shift in WWE when Wheeler Yuta didn't get signed. Because it was like so obvious that you would sign somebody like that and they weren't interested. So I, I think that that's a big deal as well. And I think so many people have heard Wheeler is good. But they never really saw it. They like, just like, oh, yeah, you can tell he's good. But, I mean, like, kind of just like any other indie guy, right? But I, I really think that they did a great job in building him. And, uh, man, like, I just... Hats off to AEW for the booking because it, it was done really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I thought the match ruled. Uh, I love... Like, I really didn't expect him to kick out of that Death Rider at the end. And when he Me did, either. I was like, damn, that's they're really making something out of you to with this. Um, obviously he's a guy I've been a fan of for a long time, followed a lot of his run on, you know, as I had champion. And even before that, I saw him, I think I've talked about this before, but the first time I saw him wrestle was in front of literally like 10 people uh, at a thing called dojo pro in Nashville. And that was a show that also included guys like MJF and Ricky Starks. And there was like a lot of really good talent on this thing. Like no one was there. And, is he where you, you at now it's just incredible um and, and he's the, the kind of guy where like it's proof that you can build pretty much like a white meat baby face in 2022 like it's totally possible yeah. to still do very very basic things like philosophy wise in the booking of a wrestler because the thing with him and best friends it made sense because of him being trained by orange cassidy and chuck taylor but on screen, it didn't, he didn't really ever fit with the group, but it didn't really matter so much. I don't think because the long-term like the short-term I think was just getting him exposure. Like, so the fans knew who he was. I think the same thing is happening with guys like JD Drake who like don't fit into the wingmen, but like you, now he's on yeah. a team with uh, Anthony Henry more often as the workhorseman
0: on yeah. AWTV,
1: just so like, you know who they are. Like they don't really have any plans for you at the, at the moment, but it's better to have them at least popping up on screen. So you're at least familiar with them versus them being completely out of the blue when you push them. And right. then, and that's what they done with wheelers a real slow. It's been faster than people realize, but it's a slow burn mentality where just kind of a part of the best friends, just kind of doing a lot of stuff on like AW dark, doing some tag team stuff with the other best friends. But now he's like had this kind of attitude change and he's, he wants to be a part of the combat club. And now he's in the combat club he got his way in by losing to Danielson and Moxley, but because of the way that he was able to do it, and then also, I love how Moxley told him after he beat him. He said, "Now the real work starts," and it's yeah. like, okay, like they're gonna take this kid and they're gonna make him like. So it's gonna make sense when Wheeler Yuta goes from a guy who was kind of AEW dark, kind of tag team random stuff for a while, and once Yuta now like he's the pure champion of Ring of Honor. But on AEW TV, it's going to be like once he starts getting wins against quality opponents, it makes sense because he has the experience of not only wrestling guys like Moxley and Danielson, those guys are now training him to be better and learn the things that they know to get him to where they're at. So like it it isn't completely out of the blue now if you'd have beats like a uh, Ricky Starks or something. People wouldn't be like, what? They're gonna be like, damn, like his training with Moxley and Danielson, like that's like, look right. how good he's getting. You know, like it yeah. all makes sense.
0: Well, and what, what I think would be interesting is, is I think that it made sense for him being the best friends, like you said, because he was trained by them, but also like Trent got hurt and they right. needed a replacement. When Trent came back, then that was like the sign that Wheeler needed to go. And then the interesting thing is Trent has never been nice to him. Trent doesn't like him. So I think it's time now for the new Wheeler Yuta to confront Trent and to show Trent that, like, I'm not your little bitch boy you can talk to like that. And then uh, I think that that would be interesting feud, even possibly if they wanted to build it up all the way to pay-per-view. I think that that would be a cool match to do.
1: I was about to say, like, I think that they sh- they should – have that on pay-per-view like yeah they have enough time and the story's already there and it would be so huge for both of those guys because i've been saying for a long time that i think trent could be a big singles guy on his own he just has to stay away from injury which that's right. been a unfortunately that's been an issue but like um i even remember years ago remember like his knee did you ever see what he used to be able to do with his knee years ago like he used to do shoot interviews this is like probably four or five years ago already now but his knee was so bad and he was wrestling on it that he would he was able to like put his like whole finger like into his knee like play-doh like it would just sink yeah and you know it's just like swollen yeah like i mean and so that guy's always been injured for all these years and like when my uh
0: when my wife was pregnant her feet were so swollen that you could put your thumbs in her feet and like it would just your thumb prints would stay there because they'd be so so swollen while they're pregnant
1: so, like, I mean, so Trent, and then of course, all like the neck injury and stuff. I mean, like, Trent's been his body's gone through it. Um, but if he's healthy now and like the injuries aren't really an issue, he could be a big singles guy for them. I think as a heel, uh more so than a baby face, even. Um now that's also huge for Utah obviously, because if they like if they open the pay-per-view, for instance, like all out first match is Yuta versus trent and like the best friends orange cassidy and and chuck are like at ringside and like you don't they don't really know how to feel about this still and like you don't know if they're gonna side with one or the other and orange cassidy's been neutral this whole time just zonked out kind of like watching it all happen in front of him um and statlander seems to be like veering away as well from the group um so if they started off all out with the kind of crowd that you got like when MJF and and Dar- and uh MJF and Darby started that pay-per-view and it's like they yeah. red hot, white hot for this match. And they go out there and just do like 12, 15 minutes or so of just back and forth, solid wrestling, good storytelling, a bunch of false finishes. I think both Wheeler Yuta and Trent would, would like skyrocket in fan perception and, and up that card with, with like an opening match on pay-per-view. I think that'd be a great idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, just props to AEW for their booking, man. I don't I don't think that they get enough credit for that. And you see the flaws in WWE of how they'll, like, get some guys up, get some momentum, and then they'll just destroy them in losses and then, like, also constantly use them to the point to where they're stale and boring. Like, AEW just keeps guys fresh and protected. I, that's the best way I could say it, and, and it works out a lot of the time, so... Um, the rest of the part, we can just jump into the UFC. So, uh, I'm going to jump right in. I don't know if Chemaev is as good as I
1: thought he was. I think a lot of people are saying that right now. I will say this though, man, like people are also, I think part of the perception of what of Chemaev is people are, I'm not saying you because I, I know you know this, but I'm saying a lot of the chatter I'm seeing online, they don't understand how good Gilbert Burns is.
0: No, like, I agree with that. You know, yeah, and that was that.
1: such a big leap to go to Gilbert Burns. I mean, this number two ranked in the rankings, so technically number three ranked guy in, in the world. Like and just beat
0: Wonder people. Boy standing mostly too, right? Like he, he stood with Wonder Boy and basically won every round. So it's not like he's some sl- slub. He rocked Usman. Like I knew Gilbert was good. I just thought Shemaya was going to be like, could be good. And a couple of things that kind of threw me off was wrestling wasn't as dominant as I thought it was going to be. He was getting cracked with more shots than I thought he was going to get hit by. His shots didn't land as effective as I thought that they were going to. He definitely hurt Burns though. He dropped him with the jab. Uh, Burns was in trouble. He got elbow bleeding all over the place. Um, and really after round two, it felt like that this was going to be Burns' fight. And then Chimayev pretty much won round three that really sealed it for him. So this is the thing. You can't say, oh, you know, this is not impressive. I, he, Burns was still ranked the number two guy and he beat right. him. on Like, so like, I'm not here to crap on him. I just don't know if Chimayev is like uh, the guy. I don't know if he could beat Usman. I really don't. Like I, I, I'm starting to definitely have my doubts on that. And the Colby fight is really interesting because he's going to have more power than Colby. And he'll be able to be a better striker than Colby. And if Colby can't take him down, he's going to have problems. But man, Colby's cardio could be a big issue for him. And there's just something different with Colby. Like, he swarms you, man. You get exhausted in there. And if, if he doesn't get Colby out of there by the third round, I could see Colby taking over the fight.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, with Chemayev, I think that it's unfortunate, I think, that people are, like, kind of devaluing his stock now because of losing to Burns. Or sorry, because yeah. of beating Burns, but not right. like, but not finishing Dominate. him. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: Um, or, yeah, or not even like ragdolling him to like, just like, I mean, this was a 29, 28 across the board fight. I mean, mm-hmm. Burns definitely won one round and it's arguable that he, he might've won another round too. Like depending on how you look at it. And, yeah, um, but once again, that's a big leap and, but, but he beat him at the end of the day and, him and colby makes all the sense in the world because they still have to do usman versus edwards yep and you know i think i think for both chemaya and colby best case scenario for them is obviously would be Edwards beating Usman because then they then they have a, a chance yeah. again and stylistically they're going to match up very well against Edwards. Um as Usman matches up very well against Edwards. I don't expect Usman to lose to Edwards. He's beaten him once before. Um either. and I yeah, I don't I just don't see him doing it. But do you one quick though, do you think because I think honestly
0: the UFC is in a great position because if Shemaya wins and it's Khammayev versus Usman then that's great. And if Colby wins, then it's like Colby beat Masvidal and Shemayev. He looks like a legit contender again. Their last fight, each fight keeps getting closer. I think you could sell a trilogy on that fight. So I I, I think either way, because I I do think if Colby beats Shemayev, he's getting Usman again. like I don't think he'll fight anybody else. Like I think he would get Usman again. So either way, I think it's good business for the UFC. Yeah,
1: I, I totally agree um you either get a fresh matchup with usman or you get a a a proven competitive matchup with with colby and colby it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to see the same guy getting a shot over and over again but when their fights are as competitive as they've been and colby's clearly the 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 second guy like there's really at that point it's like because other thing too is contenders are like losing like wonder boy losing and stuff like there's there's you know, so Colby's really the guy who's going to make the most sense unless Usman one wants to leave the division, then he kind of is going to have to deal with a guy like Colby potentially over and over and over again. Um, I, I, I had heard, I don't know if you'd seen this. I I heard, I can't even remember where I saw it, but apparently Nick Diaz wants to fight again before the end of the year. Yeah. I don't
0: like the idea, honestly. Yeah. It, but not I'm, the same effect. And who would he fight?
1: Right. No, no, I'm just saying, like, I just, that just reminded me of that. Um, cause it also like reminds me of kind of Nate and how he somewhat kind of like weaseled his way into this situation in this weight class, also with like Edwards and, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, so there's, there's a couple wild cards. I mean, Connor, you never know. Um, yep. you know, but I um, mean, I,
0: I listen, I would watch, I would watch Nick versus Connor all day long. Cause I, I that, like, but the idea of Nick being in like a serious contender fight. The only way I'm taking Nick seriously again is if he comes in shape, because he was clearly out of shape for that fight, and I just can't take him seriously. But if he comes in shape and he's really willing to throw down, and I get angry, Nick Diaz, and not this guy who just looked like he just like woke up from a nap and he has to fight, like then then it could be a different story. But man, the the last showing I saw, it was just like this ain't it? Because I've always, you know, he's always said he hated fighting. But like it really looked like he hated fighting. It was just like yeah, it was almost uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I I remember we watched that together for yeah, more Um Yeah, but I think that the reason I bring up Connor is because I, I, I as much as I want to see Connor and Nick, like like, like why not? But like I think it's totally possible Connor gets Usman. Like I think it's totally possible.
0: Like, Do you know how bad Usman would body Connor?
1: Oh no, I I very aware, but like if they're in a position where like I'm saying if Colby beats Chamayov, yeah, then I could see them just having Connor fight Usman for the for the money. Because Usman's gonna want to do it because it's an easy fight for him and he's gonna get oh, paid more sure. than he's ever got paid before. So for like sure.
0: I mean if they wanted to do it, whatever, but I'm telling you, you you kiss Connor's career goodbye if you make that fight.
1: Well, I think they're already in that position with Connor where, like, I think at this point they just need to kind of squeeze whatever juice is left there, um, yeah. like, fame-wise and interest-wise because um, cause the other thing is, like, what do you do? You do him and Nate again? I mean, you could, and that would be a big fight. But outside of that, like... I don't want to see him and Poirier for a fourth time and like Well and you
0: hear you heard though that like Dana basically said that they're gonna do a different fight for Dustin Poirier because the Nate fight is not not looking like it's gonna happen. So it yeah. seems like the Nate negotiations are not going well. And so they're gonna do something different with Dustin Poirier. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to think about all that. Like to me, Nate versus Dustin was a no brainer. Best fight for Nate, in my opinion, that you could have done. Um not really sure what you would do going forward with Poirier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause, cause the other reason that Nate and Poirier made so much sense is because neither guy is in a position to be the champion right now, but both guys, them fighting each other is the most money they can draw together would be against each other. Like, so it yeah. makes sense that they would, cause Poirier after these Connor fights, like Poirier is a proven like needle mover for sure. So like, and, and Nate, it took him a long time for the company to admit it but Nate's obviously a ne- needle mover as well so oh, for sure you know um and also well, it's I funny they were
0: like they were asking like who do you want Nick to fight I'm like Nate
1: yeah and that's just never gonna like happen. it's never yeah. gonna
0: happen but it would make the most sense for both guys and it would be a huge fight and like if you're gonna ask me who I'd want that's the fight that's the fight to make. Yeah. I, I uh, wish, like, somebody like Anthony Pettis was around or something like that. Like, I feel like Nick could could fight that type of fight. But this other stuff is just – it's it's too top level
1: at this point. Well, this this kind of was – I was about to bring this up, and the good timing dirty with a super chat says, do you think Vol can be champ 155? I'm interested to see him uh, at 155 at this point. Um, I think that he – 145 is my favorite division in the ufc um i talk about that all the time and you can i mean obviously him and max holloway is right there you can do that trilogy and it makes sense for both guys but volk at 155 would be interesting like him him versus with his with his striking and how fast and accurate he is and the power that he's got in his hands like i don't know how well he matches against Oliveira because Oliveira is just a nightmare for everyone i think but like Volkanovski and Chandler, Volkanovski and Gaethje, like those kind of fights are really yeah. interesting to me.
0: Yeah, they would be good. Islam's a rough one. Um, yeah, I kind of like the idea of Triple C coming in and fighting him at 145. Though, I want that's but, uh... my that's my
1: that's my number one. Priority, honestly, would, yeah. be, would be that, and I think that Cejudo beats him with his wrestling. I really do. Like, do as you crazy think those? Do
0: you, do you think Cejudo should fight somebody else before he fights no. him? Though, no? absolutely not. If I'm, saying see, I feel no like
1: chance in hell that, that I would I would do anything other than a title but fight. But see, like
0: that, I feel like the UFC is like that though. Like, I don't feel like that they're gonna do it. I don't feel like they're gonna give Cejudo the shot right off the bat. And I and I don't know if it's because like Dana's mad at him for asking for more money or what. But, man, the fact that, like, Cejudo is now going back into the USADA testing pool, like, man, be grateful this guy's coming back. Let's let's do this. Like, enough of the politic BS. Let's just go. I want to see this fight. I think it's a great fight. Mm-hmm. And if you do, if he does go to 145, and let's say he wins the title, which would be crazy because that's three uh, different divisions he's won the title at. Nobody in the UFC has ever done that. Yeah. Um I mean, then you got like Cerruto and Holloway. So, like, there's a lot of different fights for him out there. If if he did win, it would be very, very interesting. But I would say this: at Volkanovski, if I was him, if if say Cerruto for whatever reason doesn't work out, or he he just decides to fight at 135 or whatever it is, I would definitely consider going to 155 if i beat holloway again because at this point we're just going to keep doing this holloway thing over and over and over again and it's just nonsense because i'll say this that korean zombie fight was so one-sided yeah like it it looked like just totally different levels i felt bad for the korean zombie in there but like if i wasn't even close
1: no i agree it was completely non-competitive um I, as far as the, the featherweight division goes like you have Volkanovsky at the top and then you have hallway, you know, he's earned his, he's earned his trilogy if they are going to do that again. And that was what was supposed to happen. Zombie was a late replacement. Right. And then you have Ortega and Rodriguez, I think are fighting each other soon. I'm pretty sure that's happening. Brian Ortega and yeah, Rodriguez. I believe Um, so. And then you got some other, I mean, it's so stacked though, like Calvin Cater, korean zombie arnold allen is a real interesting one because he just keeps winning and winning and he's doesn't
0: aren't they trying to do him and cater
1: i think so i i I think that's
0: what they were trying to come to an agreement on
1: someone else has called out uh cater also the other day didn't they when didn't didn't somebody call i can't remember um but yeah, I, I mean Arnold Allen and Calvin Cater. Yeah, and maybe it wasn't Allen that called them out that I'm thinking Yeah, I think it was. it was. It was at the UK yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. It was Arnold Allen that I was thinking Yes, they should definitely do that fight. That that's that's yep. number four versus number six. Um, neither guy has fought for the title before. Yeah, yep. like get them into that mix. Um, and then like the real wild card in the top fifteen to me at number nine is Bryce Mitchell. Like yeah. Especially because of his 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 uh grappling is gonna yeah. be he he's really the only guy outside of Ortega who like because for different reasons because of his jujitsu and stuff, but like in that top 15, when you look at that Volkanovsky, Holloway, Rodriguez, Cater, Zombie, Allen, Emmett, Chikaze, all these guys, they're all strikers. Mitchell can get you on the ground. Like yeah. that's interesting. And Mitchell versus Cejudo could be interesting. So
0: yeah.
1: um so, yeah, I I, I love 145. But, but but Volkanovski, like, here's the thing. I'd say this. If I'm Volkanovski, I'm not making any decisions on anything until Oliveira and Gaethje plays out. Because if Gaethje beats Oliveira for the title, then I make that move. I, I If I was him, I'd want to fight Gaethje. I wouldn't want to fight Oliveira.
0: What do you think about – we'll go back to the other title fight, but what do you think about Vicente Luque versus uh, Bilal Muhammad?
1: I think that's a really good matchup. They, that's they, they, this
0: weekend, I believe.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. Um, they fought each other like five years ago. Um, yeah. And I think Luke won. I can't remember. It was so long ago. I'm um, not sure. But both both guys are – I mean, it's the perfect time for a rematch. Both guys are in the same spot in the division, basically. Um, I think under-
0: Vicente is underrated. I think he's going to win this fight. And then, and then I think that he starts to get his name mentioned in this whole title Mashup as well,
1: yeah. I, I i think that's definitely possible. Like, because he's another guy who hasn't had a title shot, and he's another one where, like, and this opens up for a lot of people. But if Edwards somehow beats Usman, that's when, like, because that's another thing with like luke Luke's striking is unpredictable, and like, yep. he's got a lot of power, and he's really well rounded. But like, yeah, Usman's, <coughs> Usman's wrestling is just such a problem. And he's got hands too, of course, now. Like, you know, he is knocking people out also. Um, But I'm I'm with you. I think that Luke, because the only people above Luke are Burns, Chamaev, Edwards, Covington. And then, of course, Usman with the belt. And
0: I believe Vicente (coughs) and Burns train together. And I believe they will not fight. So I think that that's going to be an issue. Because that would make sense if you're going to do Chamaev, Colby, Edwards, Usman. And then you, you would do Burns and Vicente Luque. I would think that that would make sense,
1: unless Muhammad wins, and you do Muhammad and Luke. Or sorry, Muhammad and Burns.
0: Now that makes sense. If if Muhammad yeah. wins, I think that's the fight to make.
1: Yeah, and Wonder Boy and Luke could run it back too. They had a really good fight on the uh, on the BMF show. Okay. Um, they they were like the fight right before. I think they were the fight right before. Um, nate and and uh masvidal and it was a really good fight um that wonder boy won but it was a decision like it it was one that i'd definitely like to see again um and wonder boy too he's another one because he hasn't ever fought usman that like even though he's lost to guys like burns if he beats a guy like luke again like he's kind of by his process of elimination like other guys losing while he's winning could he could you know maybe get get in there Um, And stylistically, he's interesting, too, because he's mainly a striker. The whole Taekwondo stance and everything would be something different that that Usman hasn't really had to deal with before. Um, But So let's, before we close this out, let's go back and revisit
0: the other title fight. Yeah. Do you think that Aljamain Sterling was impressive? Do you think that he won that fight? Like, how do you feel about that fight?
1: Okay, so when I scored it, I scored it the other way three rounds to two for uh for yawn i had yawn round one round four and round five i had Uh sterling rounds two and three very clearly and i would not have been upset with the 10-8 round i think it was round three where he had his back like the entire round i
0: think it
1: was two sorry two okay yeah yeah you're right you're right you're right um and but round three was a lot of the same but but round two was like the entire round got under his chin a couple times like
0: to the point to where you thought he could possibly submit him like he was in danger
1: yeah and now um dirty's saying aljo won the first three and that's what two of the judges believed as well and i'm not going to sit here and like say it was a robbery like it was a close fight it was a close first round
0: it felt Um, like though that like aljo literally like quit the last two rounds and that's where i have a hard time of like Yeah, he clearly won. He's the champ or whatever. And the most dominant round, the second round, is because Jan slipped. Like Jan literally slips and then he just grabs his back and he's stuck there for three minutes. You know what I mean? So, I mean, yes, you're supposed to get the guy off of you and I get all that. But I wasn't convinced and all of a sudden that I'm like, oh my gosh, Aljo's the man, you know? Like, and, and, and honestly... I think it's crazy, but TJ Dillashaw is about to win the title again.
1: Yeah. I think Dillashaw is going to work him. I really do. I do too.
0: I do too. And like, we're going to get yawn and TJ anyway. So, I mean, I'm cool with that, but like, I personally didn't think TJ was going to get this title again and I think he's going to get the title again.
1: No, I, I agree with you. Um, cause here's, I'm torn on the Sterling yawn fight for, because of this, like, i think that the most impressive round and the most dominance like put on at any point during the fight was sterling like that round two Mm -hmm. was the closest to a finish that either Mm -hmm. guy got the entire fight so from that perspective i'm like you know what i can buy sterling as a champion but like you said rounds four and five were all uh were all yawn so like the perception at the end of the fight is like, well, shit. If this had went another round or two, like Yon would probably break him. Because like the last, like the as the fight keeps going on, Sterling keeps looking worse and worse. And but well, I'll tell you what I really didn't like, and these are the kind of things that are not going to help the perception of of Alderman Sterling because I mean, he already yeah. has the uphill battle of winning the title by getting kneed in the head illegally, which yep. isn't his fault. Like I'm not talking trash about him i mean he had no choice like he didn't want to get right. in the head and like that's what happens you get disqualified the title changes that's how it works in the ufc it just is right then that, then this fight happens and there's still all those question marks still i think the majority of the fans think that yawn won uh, you know three rounds to two um i bet it's pretty split but 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 where it, it where he's shooting himself in the foot is after the fight getting on the microphone and being like I'm bigger than MMA. Like, I'm trying to be a movie star. I'm trying to do this. And I'm just like, I'm just hearing Tyron Woodley's voice in my ears as I'm hearing this. I'm just like, that is not smart. Like, do not be the next Tyron Woodley thinking that now that you have this title belt, that like the world's your oyster and like you're like, because I bet you some people do give him opportunities. He might, he might get a a really low-level acting gig on some Netflix show where he gets his dick bet off by a raccoon or something. Or maybe he does a rap album or something that nobody likes. I don't know. But Focus on fighting because nobody really respects you that much as the champion. As as as, as, much, as harsh as it is, I think that the betting i i i will bet that the betting lines are heavily favored for TJ Dillashaw by the time this fight happens. Like most people are going to have Dillashaw beating Sterling, I think in their predictions. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm
0: I'm with you. It's it's uh it, it just. He didn't come across as a convincing, and and the problem was Woodley would do that, right? Like, Woodley would have these boring fights with, like, Damian Maya, and then blame the fans that they don't know about lateral movement. (laughs) Right, yeah. Right? And (laughs) then drop a rap album, and then be like, y'all are gonna, you know, and then I'm gonna be in movies and all, and people are like, dude, I don't even like you, so, like, I don't care what you're gonna be doing, you know, and for Aljo, it's like, you kind of ran around the last two rounds. You you willingly let Jan dominate you. Do, he even had your back. And yet, you know, you're acting like you just won the World Series or the Super Bowl or whatever. Like, I give him props that, you know, he went through brutal surgery. Yeah. He, he got, it was a weird circumstance. For him to even be in a competitive fight with him based on the last fight. Because if you remember the last fight, he totally outpaced himself and got tired. Like that was the biggest problem. He was much more like, you know, very methodical and took his time. And so he he had the right approach. But it was like he didn't want to stand with him at all this fight. Like he literally avoided stand up at all costs. And it just kind of fell flat for me. And he just didn't come across the champion. Then you've got Dana in the press conference, flat out saying he didn't think he won. So yeah you you've got that issue as well so I don't think that he's uh on the right foot and uh I do think though that a lot of people hate T.J. Dillashaw and if you were to go in there and like let's say like really beat T.J. Dillashaw whether you finish him a sub or knock him out or something then you can get in some people's good graces by doing that so I do think that helps him
1: well, that's kind of what I was getting at, too, is like when when Sterling's shooting himself in the foot with these promos after winning, it's like if you would have just just got on the microphone and said, hey, T.J. Dillashaw, because he was right there in the crowd, look right at right. him and point at him with the microphone, have the camera catch this whole thing. Hey, T.J. Dillashaw, you're a cheater. You've always been a cheater. You're always going to be a cheater. I'm holding this title belt because you had to give it up because you're a cheater. I'm going to kick your ass and get you the hell out of this division. Like I yeah. want you next to prove a point and get rid of you. Instead, right. I'm the I'm famous. I'm the man. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. This is this is just the beginning, baby. Let's go. Also, TJ, me and you next. Like, and it's like, well, not people are kind of like, yeah, they might cheer for TJ now. This guy's kind of lame. And dude, the the funniest thing with with the Woodley stuff was this dude just like after. Years of him waiting for a title shot and whining about it. He didn't want to fight number one contenders anymore. He was trying to fight the Diaz brothers and con. Yeah, he's like, I want money fights, I want money fights and all this stuff. He he released his album the day after usman beat him. Like he 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 set it up thinking, like, oh man, like the way I see it is I'm gonna I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna beat up usman I'm gonna retain my title and the next day. Everyone's gonna go buy my new album. It's gonna work out great. The whole album is about being the champ and kicking people's asses and stuff. And he loses. The album drops. Nobody cares. That it's obsolete because he lost. And he's you know. And now he's he's more or less like signed to Jake Paul. It seems like.
0: Oh, yeah. He got (laughs) knocked dead by Jake Paul, like Ric Flair bump and everything. And he's like, it's okay though. I shot I shot uh, some scenes in Cobra Kai. So check me out.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Like like Alderman Sterling, don't use this as your blueprint. Like, like, right. Focus on winning the the fans The thing
0: that drives me crazy about him was is he kept talking about like how you had to be the clear number one contender and you had to put in the fights and all stuff. It's like, dude. You advanced to number one contendership by Johnny Hendricks not making weight because he couldn't make weight to the point to where you literally just stood on the scale by yourself and fought nobody and advanced. And then Carlos Condit tore his ACL in a fight with you. Like, that's how you got to your number one contendership. And then you're acting like these people need to go through the gauntlet to get to you. You know what I mean? Like, give me a break.
1: A hundred percent. That's exactly how it was. That's exactly how it was. Um, But yeah, I thought the pay-per-view was really good though. And I will say this too. I had a, a four fight parlay that was busted on the yawn prediction. That really pissed yep. me off. Yep. I was There's like was a lot of
0: people that were pissed <laughs> off the parlay because they thought for sure that one's going to hit. But exactly. Yeah.
1: That, that was on my, that was on my hedging, my bet bet where like yeah. I put, I put more on kind of the crazier stuff, like the, like zombie and and burns winning type stuff. Right. But I was like, okay, but I'm going to take like four really safe ones so that i at least win my money back if I don't win these other bets. And if, if the Jan Sterling fight goes the other way, last weekend's a wash for me instead I'm out a little bit of money, which is like,
0: yeah, it happens. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. I think that wraps it up. Uh, Thanks guys for tuning in. Like I said, if you haven't, please smash that like button um please subscribe uh we've been getting a little bit more subscribers so i appreciate that and uh I'm sure we'll have a lot to say whatever you do order will osprey versus moxley it's on fight this is your chance to see the man will osprey the guy that i always talk about against one of the top pro wrestlers in the world and john moxley it's a huge match order that pay-per-view
1: yes um and just a real quick shout out this Thursday. Watch the spotlight on Fightful. Myself and Jeremy Lambert. We talk about the world of pro wrestling. YouTube, YouTube.com slash Fightful. And we'll be airing the interview we did today with Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, it's going to be, it was a really good conversation. I think y'all really enjoy it. All right. um, uh, we ready for me to hit the intro? And we'll uh, bounce on out of here. We're good. The outro. Take- intro. Just say intro? Yeah. See y'all. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.